This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. All right. Thank you so much. Good morning. Welcome, everybody, to our show for this Monday morning. And it is great to have you along. We've got a lot coming up today. Stephanie Valle from our news partners at ABC7 is coming by to talk about her Borderland Crimes podcast. Where uh, she takes apart uh, a notorious or famous crime from the El Paso area and uh, does deep research into it. That's why it takes about a month uh, or, or more for each of the new Borderland Crime podcasts. But Stephanie Valle from Channel 7 is going to be by to talk about her newest one. That's coming up later this morning. We're going to have a true crime report also on the way later today. I hope everybody had a good weekend. I hope all the moms got the attention they deserved or at least needed yeah, for Mother's Day. Definitely. Let's get a preview of Loudwire Nights. It starts at 7 o'clock. Tony is going to start things off tonight at 7 o'clock on Loudwire Nights with three songs from the album that you voted Motley Crue's Best. So that was the deal last week. What are you going to vote as Motley Crue's Best Album? And this week we're doing a different band. All this week, vote for which Def Leppard album is your choice for their best. I don't know if I know the name of the album off the top of my head, but it's it's the one that's got that song that starts, Gloten. <laughs> Whatever that one is, Unter Gleeten Glauten Gloten. It's my best for the my vote for the best Def Leppard album. If I were going to vote on Motley Crue's best album, The Dirt. I, I think I'd be very tempted to vote Doctor Feelgood. I bet a lot of people would. I wouldn't be surprised if Doctor Feelgood didn't win it. Uh so. Leading off three songs from the album that you voted Motley Crue's best album last week. This week, you get to vote for your the best Def Leppard album, in your opinion. Also, new music discoveries throughout the night. New stuff from Slash, Nothing More, A Day to Remember, and Fozzie, whose album just dropped on Friday. That's coming up tonight, 7 to Midnight. On Loudwire Nights, right here on 95.5 KLAQ. All right, let's preview uh, what's coming up on the show today. Joanna, do you want to lead off with entertainment news and tell us what we'll be talking about in Hollywood news later on the show? Sure. Well, perhaps the biggest news over the weekend, Fred Savage was fired from the new Wonder Years for alleged misconduct. There's no word on what Savage is accused of, but a source claims it included, quote, verbal outbursts and inappropriate behavior. I believe I read in there somewhere three complaints uh, that had to yes. be dealt with. But was it sexual? I think I was reading the article and I, I don't think it was sexual. I think it was more yelling and creating an unsafe or uh, creating an unsafe work environment for women is what I think I'd read. Joanna, does that sound about right? Yes. Okay. Wanted to make sure I got that right. Nico, news headlines. What do you have uh, leading the way as far as news goes today? Number one, Doctor Strange. Awesome movie. 
It was the, all right. That I went to go see with Buzz. <laughs> yeah, it was okay. It was okay. <laughs> yeah, it was okay. Did it was you like fine. it better the second time you saw it? No, I just couldn't wait for it to be over. The second time I saw it, I could not, literally could not wait for it to be over. In I New- saw it twice. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah? I saw it with Nico. Adorable. And that's what you I was really, yeah. I was jazzed to see it. Uh, so I went to go see it with Nico, and but then my daughter wanted to see it, so I went to go see it with her. And, yeah, just... Meh. Running, I was just running the clock the second time around. You know what we discovered, Joanna? What's Buzz that? is not a comic book fan. Oh, Buzz. He is a movie fan. And so it, the, he, he grades these comic book movies on a different scale. Right, I don't really go and buy comic books anymore. Yeah. But just based on the comic book nostalgia that I had when <laughs> I was a kid, I never bought a Doctor Strange comic book. Honestly, Doctor Strange would show up in other comic books like The Defenders sometimes and, and you Fantastic put, Four. And you would put it down. Yeah, no, but I'd know who Doctor Strange was, but I never I never spent money on a Doctor Strange uh, comic book before. Right. So that was very fun to go see. And are we going to be doing a uh, review later or no? No, because then you get the whole thing with spoilers. And oh, apparently yeah, people, people consider that. everything spoilers. Yeah, people hate that. <laughs> people consider everything you say a spoiler, so... We might not be able to do that. All right. Sounds good. Well, what else happened over the weekend? More evacuations are ordered in New Mexico as winds fan wildfires. Uh, Evacuations for a lot of uh, communities in northern New Mexico. Um, And I'll be bringing that up in the news later. All right. How about on a personal level? Did you spend all day Sunday with your mom? Uh, No. I didn't. I didn't even see her yesterday. Oh, no. Uh, Did you get it all in early, though? Did y'all call your mamas? Buzz. Yeah, Buzz. Did you find out whether she's digging ditches to make sure the floods don't come get her? (laughs) Things must have been okay because it didn't come up. Why did you talk about the flooding and the tornadoes in Oklahoma? You didn't bring it up with her? No, I was wishing her happy Mother's Day. And you weren't at all like, Mom, how are you doing? You're, at some point, she would have mentioned, I had to evacuate. You were waiting for her at some point to say, I had to evacuate? <laughs> oh what? I just know she would have. <laughs> Boss! Oh, my God. All right. No, yeah. things must have been okay. I, yeah, it they, didn't come up. The, yeah, it didn't come up, so they must have. <laughs> Joanna, said something. <laughs> anything fun from the weekend to tell us about? I saw Doctor Strange twice. Yeah. Did you like? Oh, I saw Doctor. Sh- I kind of saw Doctor Strange three times because I watched Saturday Night Live and Benedict Cumberbatch was the host <laughs> on that. You know the the second time I saw it, I'm all, why am I? Deeply attracted to zombie Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah, Doctor <laughs> Zombie Doctor Strange. He, he could get it. He's what I think they call ruggedly handsome. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! You could hear Buzz's eye roll, Joanna, <laughs> the second that he was on screen. I need to put. They need to make a product like eye drops, except it's some kind of lubricant, so you can't hear my eyes roll when yeah. I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> Such a harsh critic. Yep. I guess Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock did some kind of secret show 
since the slapping incident with Dave, not the slapping, but the tackling with Dave Chappelle. So slapping with Chris Rock, tackling with Dave Chappelle. Since that tackling episode, they did some kind of secret show where they both talked about their assailants. So when it, for Dave Chappelle, it was talking about this random guy that Dave Chappelle said he got a chance to talk to him and thinks that he probably has mental health issues. The guy told Dave Chappelle that his mother was getting evicted in New York because of gentrification. Uh, but in the case of Chris Chris Rock, he's talking about you know Will Smith. It, it seems like he's got a lot more target-rich environment <laughs> for his jokes. But they both uh, made jokes about their uh, assailants at a secret show over the weekend. Uh, Dave Chappelle said, at least you got smacked by someone of repute, Chris. <laughs> I think the next line is, I got slapped by a homeless guy with leaves in his hair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that went down. We don't have audio from that one yet. But we Not do ha- have audio from... Uh, Pete Davidson special from over the weekend where he uh, does do Kanye material. You know, Kanye has spread rumors that Pete Davidson has, among other things, AIDS. Uh, that Pete Davidson <laughs> is, I don't know, uh, I think I think he's thrown it out there that Pete Davidson's gay. Uh, and finally, we got Pete Davidson answering back in the form of a comedy special. So we'll have that on the way in today. And Sound Clips, got that coming up here in just a few minutes. Let's get the show started by welcoming Monday. Welcome back, everybody. It's time to embrace it, live it, love it. It's Monday. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. All right, back on a Monday morning. Thank you for joining us, everybody. want to remind you of our phone numbers. First of all, the studio line, if you... Want to call in and talk to us directly, or you have a comment that you want to share, or we're doing a contest, the studio line number is 915-910-4995. If you call that and it's any problem, it could be because of the area code, just depending. I haven't figured out all the area code situation, but some some numbers require you to dial the area code and some don't. But it's 915-910-4995. You can leave a message for the morning show 24 hours a day. This line is always available day or night. That's the toll-free neck line, 844-805-NECK, 844-805-6325. So uh, let's take a neck line call and see what we have. What's up, Mo Show? It's ODG. I wanted to apologize, apologize to Joanna. I thought it was her fault the podcasts were going up late. It was corporate all along. <laughs> Sorry, Joanna. Also, Joanna, has anyone ever told you you sound like Lisa Simpson? It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Podcast <laughs> publish alert. Barba. Barba alert. Podcast publish alert. Barba. Okie dokie. Nice. Did he do that because he knows that Buzz isolates them? And he... <laughs> And he's like, if you could isolate those and then podcast publish alert, Barba, Barba alert, podcast publish alert, Barba. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> it wasn't. It was corporate. <laughs> like he says, has anybody ever told you you sound like Lisa Simpson? It's not a bad thing. It's not an insult. Thank you for clarifying. I didn't know where he was going to go with that. It's not a bad thing. 
Speaking of uh, Will Smith, his movie Emancipation got pushed back to 2023, and it probably definitely has something to do with the slap at the Oscars. Uh, His movie Emancipation with Apple was supposed to come out in the fall, but it's been pushed back to 2023. This is one that they're saying uh, should have a lot of uh, Oscar excitement about it. Uh, Earlier this year, an unnamed filmmaker said that it would bring Will back-to-back Oscar wins, but that was before the, uh, the infamous slap at the Oscars. And so this was expected to be Apple's new award-winning film after the success of Coda. Apparently, the release date delay, they're saying, isn't totally because of Will Smith. The movie's still in post-production and might not be ready for the fall regardless. On television tonight, 7 o'clock on ABC, Moana. I don't know if they're just airing the movie that came out a few years ago, if this is what they're doing, like a live action, or I have no idea. It just uh-huh. says that Moana is going to be on ABC tonight. NBC has the first season finale of American Song Contest. That's tonight at 7. I believe, just judging from the commercials for it, that Snoop Dogg has something to do with it. Yeah, I think he's a judge, a host, one of the two. Okay. A contestant? <laughs> Hulu has the series premiere of Candy, a limited oh, series based on the true story of Candy Montgomery. Are you familiar of the true story of Candy Montgomery? A little bit. When I heard that they were making this show, it and it said based on actual events, you knew I had to deep. Okay, into so that. just that it was based on actual yeah. events is good enough for you. Well, yep. Candy Montgomery was a real person, a Texas housewife who was accused of murdering her best friend Betty Gore. In the 80s. It will star Jessica Biel as Candy. Hmm. And I feel like I haven't seen Jessica Biel in anything in a long time. Tonight's schedule also includes All American and 911 at 7. All American Homecoming, Better Call Saul, and 911 Lone Star tonight at 8. The Good Doctor, New Amsterdam tonight at 9. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness opened with a massive $185 million domestic haul. So that's just what they got in U.S. theaters. Doesn't count what they got everywhere else around the world. Uh, We are part of that haul. They got good money from me (laughs) (laughs) to go see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. (laughs) I saw the uh, so both times I went to go see it. I saw the trailer for the Avatar, which is coming out. Not the last Airbender Avatar, but the other one. Oh right! Somehow <laughs> it, it doesn't look as impressive from a technical aspect as the one as the one that came out like twelve years ago. Buzz kept saying during the preview, he's like, "That CGI looks worse than the yeah. first movie." Oh yeah, you were along for one of those. Yeah, <laughs> Buzz, I did say you were along for one of those. Did you not agree? No, I thought I was like I was there sitting like, wow, the CGI has gotten way better. <laughs> like the the textures and like the way their faces are modeled. You were and like, then, wow, amazing, and Buzz is like, sucks. Sucks. <laughs> Did you see Avatar, the first one? Yeah, in theaters. Yeah, with glasses on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you thought the CGI was improved oh from? Well, then? we weren't watching it with 3D glasses on. We were watching a 2D trailer. What are you talking about? 
I think the world has has left Avatar behind. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a dumb story to begin with. I mean, honestly, I don't know anybody that cares about the actual story that much. I never saw the first one. Uh, you're, you're not you're not missing out, Joanna. Thanks. People compared it to a lot of other movies. They said it's the same plot as uh, Fern Gully: The Last Rainforest. Yeah. Somebody said. It's basically the same plot as Dances with Dance, Wolves. I was just about to say Dances with Wolves. <laughs> and Handmaid's Tale author Margaret Atwood, who's still alive, wrote an op-ed saying that enforced childbirth is slavery. Huh. What? Forcing someone to give birth to a child is slavery... Yeah, that's the opinion the of Margaret Atwood, tale? right? Yeah, that's that's a big part of it. Is one of the things that they have women for is to have kids, and and I say that because in the in the adaptation more than the book, I think. Although it's been a long time since I read the book, there's a thing where fertility rates have have dropped to almost zero. So anybody who can have a child, there's a whole sci-fi element. To yeah. what's going on in Handmaid's Tale that but I think people ignore when they lay it directly over what's happening in our world. Yeah, but it is weird that you know now that the conversation is turning towards uh, abortion rights, and that that has a lot to do with the plot for for Handmaid's Tale, right? Yeah, I know, but some people say, well, it's like the Handmaid's it's the Tale, exact you, same thing. No. But you forget that there were certain futuristic sci-fi apocalyptic uh, things going scenarios on. going on in Handmaid's Tale. So gonna, it has the vibes, all right? Yeah. I'm going to show you a picture. I'm going to describe what it is. I'm going to show you the picture. Okay. I might seriously be thinking about getting a tattoo. Okay. If I could get this one. Oh, my God. A guy in England had a full set of abs tattooed onto his belly, <laughs> which he described as flabby. So he said he had kind of a flabby tum-tum. Definitely not a six-pack. The tattoo artist shared photos, and in the photos anyway, it looks pretty convincing. A lot of shading and contouring. I would say it looks like a bodybuilder's abs. They didn't nail the skin tone, though, so it doesn't look like it's his skin tone. Uh, People thought maybe it was fake, which it is, right? It's tattooed on. It's a tattoo. But they say that it might have just been like airbrushed, not tattooed. But the tattoo artist says it's real and posted up a follow-up video of the whole tattooing process to to prove that it was for real. So, are you ready for the are you ready for the big reveal of the guy who got six-pack abs tattooed? You ready? Yeah. What do you think? That's not bad. <laughs> yeah, the skin tone is skin- I mean, is this a fresh tattoo? Because sometimes it creates a little redness. Yeah. <laughs> There's like shading in there. Did like... we get Nico painted one time with yeah, abs we and did. stuff? I forgot because there's that. Uh... The abs look great, but he's on the outside of the tattoo. You can see his long cuts. <laughs> yeah, you can. His long cuts. You can see his love handles. His long cuts. Over on the side. All right, we're Buzz, gonna... you should get that. He looks like your son, kind of. No? I don't. I don't know what his son looks like. No, not. I meant like he could be his son. 
You say that to anybody who's like 30 years old. You say that about anybody. I say that anybody with like with a weird goatee. That could be your son. (laughs) Hey, look, that guy's got facial hair. It's mini buzz. (laughs) Well, you nailed me again, Nico. (laughs) It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. I got word that about a concert announcement, but I haven't gotten the go ahead to do it, but. That could possibly happen later today, so we'll have it something to add. Happen. We'll have something to add to the concert calendar, if not today. I believe later in the day for later today, for sure. But here you go. We've got some of the concerts that are still on the schedule. Some of them coming up this month. In fact, Escape the Fate at Speaking Rock. That show's scheduled for Thursday, May the twenty sixth. Then the following night, Jack White is doing his solo tour at the El Paso County Coliseum. That's Friday, May the 27th. And then jumping ahead a few months, but a big one and a first time, I think. Greta Van Fleet, November 8th at the Don Haskins Center. Unless Greta Van Fleet played somewhere in El Paso before they kind of hit it big. I don't think Greta Van Fleet has played Hmm. the Sun City before, but November the 8th at the Don Haskins Center. And we got this one that I think a lot of people think is very, very cool. But I'm just not sure if I'm supposed to say it yet. Probably not. But we've got another one in the chamber. So keep listening for even more concerts as tours are announced for El Paso, Las Cruces, and the surrounding area. We're going to have entertainment news coming up a little bit later. And it looks like I have enough for a true crime report later on the show. Uh, Swiss police seized more than a 1,000 pounds of cocaine from a shipment of coffee beans that was delivered to a Nespresso plant. That is the exact plot of Beverly Hills Cop, man. (laughs) (laughs) Remember the cocaine was under the coffee? Have you ever seen Beverly Hills Cop? It's been a while. (laughs) The drugs came from Brazil, and it is unclear who was supposed to receive them as they went to a Nespresso plant, which is where you would expect coffee beans. To go. This could have been a post office screw up, it sounds like. <laughs> a couple in Northern California came back from a trip and found that hundreds of birds were flying around their house, specifically hundreds of swallows. Oh, okay. Apparently, they came in through the chimney. It took them several hours to shoo all the birds out. And when all the birds were out, they discovered their carpet and furniture was a complete loss oh no oh yeah wait for this their insurance did not cover bird infestation oh my god that's my experience with insurance you pay for it and you don't use it you pay for it you don't use it then when you finally after 20 years of paying for it (laughs) you use it they say it's not yeah it's not covered what does a swallow look like just a bird. I think it's just a pretty standard bird oh okay European or North American swallow (laughs) European or African, remember? Yeah. It was all about whether or not it could support the weight of a coconut. Coconut. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we got a lot of things that are kind of all over the map. Here's a little more on the Fred Savage situation. Fred Savage was fired as director and executive producer of the new Wonder Years reboot. So the reboot doesn't deal with the same characters. In fact, it deals with the, with the black family 
uh, in the 60s. And he was fired over claims of misconduct. He faced three separate allegations. And it said that Fred Savage cooperated with an investigation into them. But ultimately, the decision was made that he had to go. So Fred Savage was fired. That's the same Fred Savage who's a little boy that Peter Falk is reading the book to in Princess Bride. He's the Mm -hmm. same one from The Wonder Years. Yes, Mm -hmm. he was the same one from The Wonder Years. He also has a brother who was uh, on another occasion. Was he Boy Meets World? Boy Meets World. Yeah. 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 And in Boy Meets World, Fred Savage plays a professor who like has misconduct allegations with Topanga. Oh yeah, that's right. And he also came out in this movie, Lifetime movie called No One Would Tell, where he's literally an abuser and he kills DJ Tanner. So you know what? I kind of was it a crossover event where his character from The Wonder Years killed DJ Tanner? No, but I think they played it out to be like that. Because you were like, oh, not Kevin Arnold killing DJ Tanner. There were, and he killed her. When Wonder Years was still on the air, there were uh, allegations against Jason Hervey, who played his older brother. Really? That he was sexually harassing some of the people who worked in costuming or makeup and stuff. But this was like the early 90s, so <laughs> I don't think anybody really cared back then. Yeah, right. Um. Not the first time Fred Savage has been accused of misconduct. In 2018, a costumer on his show, The Grinder, claimed that he hit her on the arm and yelled at her and made the set a hostile environment for women. She sued, and the case was settled out of court. So, no specifics on what... Him and Jeff Garland are going to start like a support group and Bill Murray the unredeemables <laughs> they'll be like the expendables <laughs> except with <laughs> actors who got washed out over <laughs> accusations of being inappropriate sources claim that Savage was accused of verbal outburst and inappropriate behavior well, verbal out, outburst is at least a little specific. Inappropriate behavior. I mean, that could be, that could be just about anything, things, right? Yeah. All right, you want to hear a neckline call? Of course. All right, here is another, the neckline. Here's another neckline call. <laughs> well, I see you got Brandon off the neckline thing now. It only took you, what, six, seven months, whatever? What he's talking about there is now okay. when you call the neckline, it's it's Daver's voice answers, and it had been Brandon's <laughs> for like six years. It's a, a very astute observation from Dean from Abilene. Joanna, do you do you recognize that this is Dean Dean from you Abilene know in this one? Yeah, I told but you like last week. Sober it was Dean, right? It's like sober Dean. Shocking. Still says a lot of the stuff that drunk Dean says. Hmm. But I heard an interesting point today about this uh, abortion and stuff. And it was saying that um, that if uh, all the white supremacists and Nazis and white power people... You know, my bowling league. <laughs> <laughs> um, they should be supporting Planned Parenthood. Because they kill more black people 
than they do any other race in America. More black babies are killed every year by Planned Parenthood and harvest their organs. What? Okay, now I'm starting to really wonder whether or not this is accurate. What? Wait, you're starting to what? This one moment right here is making this you is, wonder. <laughs> well, I was I was a little skeptical about. Oh, more more black babies are aborted every year. I that's something I would definitely want to look up and find out, fact check that. But then when it's like, and their organs are being harvested, that is not true. That definitely sounds like BS, right? Yes, Bust their limbs off their bodies while they're still in the womb. Oh my god! Have you ever seen one of them? Uh, one of those uh, films on how they do this, you would never be for abortion. Okay, it seems like maybe Dean watched a film put out by anti-abortion. They people. can edit anything. and I would imagine anything within the first trimester isn't going to look much like anything. You'd be correct. Now, what he is talking... I mean, there are... Things that like late term abortions that have happened that are uh, probably most people would be upset to see that. Probably, yeah, but to see the way that they happen. But at the same time, it is not very common. They're the, the the rarest of the rare. And as far as organ harvesting, that that's absolutely not true. They they do not or harvest the organs of. Uh, what are you going to do? Take a baby's liver and put it in a sixty year old man? Yeah. But what I mean, if he's talking about fetal fetal stem cell research, stem, stem cell research comes from from fetuses uh, aborted and miscarried, and you know various other forms. But right, I'm starting to think maybe Dean is not a reliable source for vetted information. I think that's a good point. But it's kind of weird, you know, uh, um, that if you're a white supremacist or anything, donate to Planned Parenthood. Give us the donation number. It sounds like you would know it. (laughs) (laughs) Dean, is that you? Now I need answers. All right, so in Texas. You thought that he would, like, sober up. Like, if you heard Dean call in sober, you'd think, oh. He'd be like, oh, what have I done with my life and all these neckline calls? Right, I can't believe I turn it. It's like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. I can't control Uh, myself. No, he's pretty much the same dude. Yeah. Did you look up anything? Yeah, I have some, some rates on... Uh, abortion in Texas, if if anybody's interested. Sure. In Texas, uh, this is from 2019, 40% of abortions were by Hispanic, people of Hispanic origin. In Texas, 40%, all right. 26% was by non-Hispanic white people. And 27% was by non-Hispanic black people. 7% 7% makes up the the rest. So even the thing that he said that I, I thought, okay, well, maybe that's true, turns out not. Not true. even close. Not to <laughs> that be true. The, the rate of, of black and white uh, abortion are virtually the same in Texas. I guess we're going to have to talk about abortion, guys. It seemed like, you know. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> I guess we're going to. Finally? What? Now? Yeah, it seems like it had kind of been backburnered in a lot of ways. Well, because it, it, like, it seemed okay, like it was accepted. Roe v. Wade yeah. is the law. Didn't think we'd have to fight it anymore. Um, 
by the way, in Afghanistan, remember we were there and some of the women had gone through school while the United States was in Afghanistan. We were there. We oh, were in Afghanistan. Like the United States. Yeah, right. not you and me. Yeah. Okay. You and I weren't there. You did make it seem like you uh, and me were there. You went on a weekend trip. Collectively. Remember when we went to Afghanistan, buddy? <laughs> Got some good pictures. U.S. influence in Afghanistan had existed for like 20 years, so there were a lot of girls who'd gotten educations and yes. grown up in a place where they didn't have to cover their heads. You know, every time they went outside. The Taliban just this weekend says that Afghani women have to cover their faces. They have to cover everything. Head to toe. Head to toe, except the eyes. The burqa is back. That uh, scribbling you hear are the conservative members of the Supreme Court taking notes, probably. Hold my gavel, said Judge Clarence Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) And today is Victory Day in Russia. This says that Victory Day is Russia's most important holiday, which Mm -hmm. commemorates the Soviet Union's defeat of Nazi Germany in 1945. While much of the pageantry will be the same, huge military parade through Red Red Square, for example, there's also a great deal of apprehension this year over whether President Vladimir Putin will announce an escalation of what Russia has called a special military operation, choosing not to use the word war uh, I, I don't know I mean it's kind of like if it looks like a war and bombs are being shot and people are being killed that, that that's a war whether he's calling it a war or not victory day uh, I did not know was the biggest day of celebration in Russia Phone number, uh, let me repeat this to the studio, 915-910-4995. That's 915-910-4995 is the number to get in touch with the Buzz Adams Morning Show. We're not going to have any Johnny Depp or Amber Heard updates unless they do something outside of court, but nothing for the courtroom because there was a planned break, which we're now in. The trial resumes on the 16th. When it does resume, it should be pretty interesting because Amber Heard is going to have to answer questions from Johnny Depp's lawyers. And we saw how wild that got when Johnny Depp was answering questions from Amber Heard's lawyers. So, until the 16th, uh, a planned recess in the defamation case that Johnny Depp has going against his ex, Amber Heard. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. KLAQ is a proud supporter of of El Paso Chihuahuas baseball and throughout the 2022 season listen to the morning show to win tickets listen to KLAQ throughout the day to win tickets future major leaguers show their stuff at exciting triple a baseball and enjoy the between innings fun which includes the dizzy bat race brought to you by KLAQ it's the KLAQ dizzy bat race brought to you by Johnson's Jewelers And you can hear every Chihuahua's game all season long on our partner station, 600 ESPN El Paso. We're going to take a look at the Mo Show calendar and daily almanac of events coming up here in just a few moments. Let's find out what else is happening. Retirement trends, something I think about more and more all the time. Not really. I don't think about that yet. But there are two new trends among older retirees. 
and one of them sounds like a lot of fun, and the other one doesn't sound like much fun at all. Have you heard that some folks who maybe weren't considering retirement did it during the pandemic because of, you know, the health concerns and also, you know, the economy was going to be really bad. So a lot of older folks just said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and retire. retire. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and retire. I'm going to cash my 401k or start living off my savings or whatever. Well, no, those people are flocking to cruise ships and not all of them just for vacation, but one of the strategies that has come up are retirees basically living at sea. Oh, living there. Yeah. And you're thinking, well, yeah, if you're fabulously wealthy, but what they're saying is you could actually live most of your time on cruise ships and for what you would pay to live at home, be about the same. Be about the same, pretty close enough that it makes it attractive to some older folks. Except with an all-you-can-eat seafood buffet. Well, you know, there's going to be food prepared for you every single day. It's. Have you ever been on a cruise ship? I have. It's when I was pretty six. good. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember the food? <laughs> Not really. Oh, it was really good. Um. Some people are making cruise ships their retirement home by stringing together back-to-back voyages. And I didn't know this, but you can go on grand cruises or world cruises that are like 100 days long, Mm -hmm. over three months. Uh, So if if you do three of those, you're almost there. Uh, And here's some of the here's some of the argument in favor. Cruises can offer older Americans an easy, all-inclusive living environment with organized events, a community of like-minded travelers, shuffleboard, and a decent (laughs) level of medical care. Oh, yeah. They all have, uh, you know, ship doctors or nurses, I I think. And if you hop from cruise to cruise, you can rack up discounts. So if you're cruising all the time, you can get discounts that get the prices below $100 a day. And that's the price point where a lot of older folks say, oh, that's close to what I'd be spending just to live in my house. Why not live on a cruise ship and have all these activities and shows and have my whims catered to? And I guess you get to see the world. And this or do of, they even do they even do that? Are they like, hey, we're pulling into, we're pulling into Mazatlan? I don't know if that's the place you go on a I cruise. Think that's, I think yeah, so. Yeah, I think so. Good job. <laughs> and the people are like, yeah, we're not here. We're not here for, for the sites. For Mazatlan. We're not here for Mazatlan. We're here for hot stone massages and shuffleboard. <laughs> <laughs> also, did you know that most cruises have reliable internet these days too? Oh. We we used to get pitched on doing cruises with listers, so we would promote. We never did one, but the and the main the main reason we didn't do it was because there was no reliable way to do the show once you were at sea. You know, we didn't. We, there'd be days that we wouldn't have any internet, but it sounds like that's a thing of the past. Can Post- you bring that back? Can you can you try and do it again? What the show going from on a cruise? cruise? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. There was one part I didn't like it, like about. It. Although it could have been really cool. So what we do is we try to recruit our listeners to go on this cruise with the morning. That's kind of the pitch: is you're on the cruise with the morning show. But they had now figured out a workaround that oh, we can't actually do 
the, the show, show on a ship, but now you probably could. There is another trend, and this is the one that I told you was maybe not as much fun. Some of those people who retired earlier are now unretiring and uh, finding that they're going back to work. Several oh, ri- no. Several factors, including rising inflation, decreasing COVID-19 concerns, and a thriving job market that offers them their pick of jobs, not to mention better pay and other perks. I guess that's a thing that exists in some sectors are, hey, people could get paid more and offer them certain perks post-pandemic, so a lot of retirees are unretiring. Go for it. All right. Well, you know what? That squares with, um, with what's going on in comedy right now. There's a huge trend in... Uh, cruise bookings, at least for all my friends and everybody I know right now, they're all getting booked for these long cruises. Remember, even Willie Barsena was telling us, like, Willie's now doing cruises. Um, and so, like, you see that the pace of the hiring for comics seems to be increasing. That makes me think, oh, well, they need more entertainment because more people are taking cruises. I bought the Canelo fight on Saturday. So I watched the Canelo Alvarez interesting Bebel fight. Cool. Okay. Did you have a party or anything? No, but my <laughs> girlfriend really wanted to see it because she's not what you would call a sports fan, but she loves loves Canelo Alvarez. Yeah, he's great. No, she loves him. Oh. She knows everything about him. She follows his wife on social media. <gasps> I do too. Really? <laughs> yeah. He has a daughter named Cinnamon. <laughs> That's great. Isn't that what Canelo means? Yes. Yeah. So, when you're picturing Canelo Al- Alvarez, mm-hmm. who is from uh, Guadalajara, Jalisco, Mexico. See, you're good, Buzz. Picture this little sawed-off white dude with a red beard and red hair who kind of looks like a like a busted version of Matt Damon. And that's <laughs> right? Oh my god, yes. That's Canelo, that's, that's Canelo Alvarez. What do you mean sawed off? I don't know, he's like 5 foot 8. Uh, okay, he's not tall. No, he's well, not. And he was fighting a much taller fighter. So he, Canelo has never been afraid to move up in weight divisions, and he's won. He's only been beat once, by that, and that was by Floyd, May, Floyd Mayweather Jr. So he's fly, fighting this guy who's got four or five inches on him uh, as far as height and reach goes. Did you, do you want to know what happened, Joanna? What happened? Canelo got beat. <laughs> I think I heard that somewhere. Like, I would say every round, Canelo got beat by this other guy. All right, so they were immediately talking about a rematch afterwards. There was, uh, if anybody watched the fight, there was a very distracting show going on. On one side of the ring, about three rows back, there was like seven girls with gigantic knockers. So I don't know if they were escorts. (laughs) They weren't Canelo's wife. Prostitutes? I don't know, but it was like, where would they be? If they were prostitutes, where are their dates or whatever? Because they were, they had the prime seats, and 
uh, a couple of them look like they could be Kardashians, and they they're on their phones with their gigantic long nails the entire fight, <laughs> just posing for selfies and stuff. And they're like ringside, uh-huh. and every time he goes to it, Buzz is like, "This is a great fight." <laughs> <laughs> Come on, move around, move him to the other side so we get that reverse angle. <laughs> there they go. All I was watching were these big boob ladies at the Canelo fight. Don't let your girlfriend know that. <laughs> I'm sure she knew. She knew. <laughs> she knew. Oh, yeah, she Plus knew. I was like, I'm not good at hiding it. Mira los chichis, I think is what I might have said. <laughs> but, but what I couldn't figure out is, okay, yes, I could understand if it was somebody's hot date or even a uh-huh. prostitute, but why would there be seven of them sitting side by side by side right. all on their phone? Because they're all hanging out. You got a stable of hoes. A whole life. But whose are they? <laughs> whose hoes are they? Yeah. All right, let's take a look at our MoShow calendar <laughs> and Daily Almanac of Events. Let you know what's going on for May the 9th. It's the beginning of a brand new week, so let's talk about that a little bit. This is National Women's Health Week. This week is also Reading is Fundamental Week. Salvation Army Week, which seems like they'd almost coordinate that around Christmas time, but... This is National Etiquette Week, and today is National Stuttering Awareness Week. Mm. Birthdays today include reality star Audrina Patridge, who was on the hills. Yeah. So the people who are oh, on the hills Adrena. are... I had a big crush on Audrina. They're now crowding 40. She's 37. Oh, Just, Put it into some perspective for you. Ouch. That yeah. hurts. People from the hills are near 40. Stop. How old's Lauren? <gasps> That's a good question. The beautiful Rosario Dawson is 43. Uh, 36? I'm sorry. Who, Lauren's 36? Lauren is oh my 36. God. We're so old. How about Spy Tag? How old spy tag? Who's spy tag? Oh, that Ma- that's Heidi and Spencer. Okay, Spencer. Spencer's thirty-eight. Yeah. <gasps> and Heidi is thirty-five. Spidey. Oh, that's what their that's Spidey. what their celebrity yeah, nickname Spidey. was. Spidey, not spy tag. Spencer and Heidi. Spy tag. <laughs> Forty-three for Rosario Dawson. She's going to be back as Ahsoka Tano. She showed up in the Mandalorian. Oh, she's great. Party rocker Andrew WK, 43 today. Who's he? Isn't he dating somebody like Kat Super? Cat Dennings. He's dating Cat Dennings? They're engaged, yeah. <laughs> Buzz is so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> From the Wu Tang Clan, Ghostface Killer. The Rizza, the Gizza, Ghostface Killer. Ghostface Killer is 52 today. 52. <laughs> Don't sound so excited about it. <laughs> Depeche Mode's lead singer Dave Gahan turned 60 today. Also a birthday for John Corbett, who was the uh, the groom in My Big Fat Greek Wedding, and then he was one of the one of the dudes Carrie boned down with on Don't like, act Sex like you don't City. know. Like Mr. Big's nemesis or something like he that. He was Aiden. Yeah, we know you know the name. <laughs> uh, John Corbett, 61. <laughs> Billy Joel is 73. I was about to say rocker Billy Joel, but has Billy Joel ever been a rocker? 
Is a piano a typical rock thing? Look up for is Billy Joel in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Because, I mean, if Lionel Richie's going and Billy Joel ought to definitely be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's got to be, right? In 1999, Billy Joel was inducted. 99. Billy Joel is 73 today. Along with Bruce Springsteen, Paul McCartney, and Dusty Springfield. Yeah, that's a good class. Yeah, that's mostly rock for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. (laughs) Candace Bergen is having a birthday. She was a child star because her father was the most famous ventriloquist in the world, and she used to be on her father's show. And then she grew up to be Murphy Brown. She's 76 today. Um, she was also in Boston Legal. She was also in Miss Congeniality. Miss Congeniality. I, I point, point because me? I knew that's what you would bring up. <laughs> <laughs> I know you so well yeah. by now, Joanna. Miss Congeniality. <laughs> and James L. Brooks, one of the three men who developed The Simpsons, is having a birthday. He's 82. He also co-created the Mary Tyler Moore Show and Taxi. Whoa. Um, this date in history... 108 years ago on this date, 1914, President Woodrow Wilson established the first Mother's Day. 62 years ago, in 1960, the FDA approved the use of the pill, as in the birth control pill. And some people say the sexual revolution of the 60s would never have happened without the pill. And 30 years ago on this date, 1992, the final episode of The Golden Girls aired. Three oh, decades ago to the day. Is that that's Dorothy's wedding, right? Dorothy's wedding, yeah. To, uh, One flew out of the cuckoo's nest. Leslie Nielsen? Yes. Yeah. Dorothy married Leslie Nielsen? Yeah. Yes. Whose voice was deeper? <laughs> Probably Dorothy's. I do. Probably Dorothy's. <laughs> and Leslie Nielsen, do you take this woman? I do. <laughs> Dorothy, do you take this man? I do. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good Dorothy. That was a good Dorothy, yeah. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Nico has a post-Mother's Day am I the a-hole scenario for us, so he's ready to give us the details on that coming up in just a moment. This Thursday, the return of Cool Canyon Nights and the summer concert series at beautiful McKelligan Canyon Amphitheater kicks off this Thursday, and I do have the schedule. You can find this at klaq.com for the full schedule. Mariachos, Mariachis Los Arieros are on the first night. Well, you go with something you know is going to be popular, and there's always a huge crowd to see the Mariachis. They're going to be on the amphitheater stage. Tony Ramirez on the patio stage. As I'm looking down the list of live Entertainment uh, coming up this year. Frontera Boogaloo, Prime 80s. I could have sworn, yeah, Funky Mungle is going to be like the last night toward the end of July. Uh, Feline Fox and Friends are going to be on the amphitheater stage June 30th. So if you want to find the complete lineup and find out about VIP ticketing information too. You can do that. It's a free event. Cool Canyon Nights is brought to you by Comfort Zone. Charlie Clark Nissan, El Paso Community College Superior Sign and Lighting, Twin Peaks and Johnson's Jewelers. The concerts are free to attend. Food trucks will be on hand and LNF Distributing is going to have featured beers of the week. So there's plenty to eat and drink 
and the weather's almost always perfect up there uh, in the canyon. So get ready this Thursday, the kickoff for Westar's Cool Canyon Nights Summer Concert Series with Mariachis Los Arieros coming up this Thursday night. Let me give you the little intro for Am I the A-Hole, and then, Nico, you share the scenario with us. Yeah. Am I the A-Hole is a subreddit where people write in a situation they're experiencing and let random strangers on Reddit tell them if they're in the wrong or not. Right. Well, thanks, Buzz. This By one... the way, if anybody ever has an Am I the A-Hole, you can leave a message for us on the neckline. You can email me, buzz at klaq.com. You can email Nico. Yep. Uh, if you've got your own, we, we could... We don't have to go through Reddit to do this, and we have before in the past. People have had their own t- dicey situations they wanted our opinion on. So It would be nice to have some more local yeah. people's uh, situations to suss out. I won't miss them, so send them to buzz at klaq.com. <laughs> buzz loves judging people. Yeah. Sure. It, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it was. I was born to do it. <laughs> uh, but this one is from Reddit. So this one is from Reddit. It is a post-Mother's Day celebration. Um, and let me just give you the, the headline. Am I the a-hole for canceling Mother's Day celebrations that I arranged for my wife after hearing what she told my son? Oh. That sounds like a real clickbait to me. I'm a 37-year-old male, and I have a 13-year-old son. I was a, widow, a widower when I met my now wife. She has a 16-year-old daughter from another relationship. The family is often on pretty good terms. My son is the quiet one in the house. He keeps to himself a lot, but not to the point of being concerning. My wife and stepdaughter are the complete opposite. They both encourage him to be outgoing and share activities and join gatherings with extended family. But my son... Oh, that's com- nice. Yeah, that is nice. But my, my son complains about having to be forced out of his comfort zone and having his need for space invalidated. I spoke to my wife and stopped a stepdaughter and asked them to give him some space and freedom, and uh, they apologized and promised to let it be, let him be. As Mother's Day was approaching, I wanted to throw my wife a surprise Mother's Day party. It was no longer a surprise because my stepdaughter gave her the heads up so she could prepare. Yesterday, I got off work earlier than usual to get final arrangements done. We planned to celebrate at a restaurant. I invited her family to all be there. It was going to be a great time. I had the key, and while I was entering the house through the front door, I overheard my wife and stepdaughter talking to my son. My wife was asking my son if he could convince me to let him stay home and not go with them to the restaurant to celebrate. I paused and decided to keep listening. My son said, why? And she told him that his introverted and socially inept attitude (laughs) would make her family uncomfortable and might ruin the mood. He promised her that he'd be well-behaved and would try to interact and socialize with everyone, but she said that she wasn't buying it. He kept reassuring her, but she snapped and told him that technically she's not even his mom, so she didn't get why he wanted to celebrate Mother's Day with her so badly. So the guy just stood like by the door with his, listening to this, cupping his ear as he was listening to all of this play out? Right. Uh-huh. Very convenient for the story. My stepdaughter <laughs> threw some backhanded comment, and then both of them were shocked to see me standing there. Both were staring without saying anything. I told my son and his stepsister to go to the rooms. Then I told my wife that the celebration was off, canceled. She tried to argue, asking why repeatedly, and I told her why. She tried to explain that she didn't mean it like that and that I only heard part of the conversation. I told her I was done arguing and the decision was already made. And she yelled, asking what she was going to tell her family. 
I ignored her while she kept throwing her tantrums. And early this morning, she took my stepdaughter and went to stay with her folks. Not, not a single call or text from her so far. The situation is very full of tension. I'm upset, but more hurt than anything. I mean, yes, I did say I was going to throw the celebration, but I thought what she said to my son was too harsh to ignore. Am I the a-hole? Yep. Uh, <laughs> I want to say yeah. yes, but it's kind of justified. When you walk in on a situation and your role is to make it worse. You think he made it worse? Yeah. Uh, but then... He could have said, hey, hey, we're all family here. But he didn't. He turned into a tyrant and yeah, but know, maybe brought it was... upon himself. So I say he's the a-hole. But maybe he was standing up for his son in a way. I mean, if he heard this woman From say... the description of the kid, kid probably would much rather would have skipped the whole thing. But he was he was saying, I want to go to this celebration. Mm-hmm. She And she said, I'm not even your real mom. I don't get why you want to celebrate with me that badly. Oh, sus. That is devastating. Everybody sucks here is what I'm going to go with. Okay. That's an ESH. Everyone yes, sucks everyone here. Everyone sucks here. Also, with these things on Reddit, or even when they're sent in by our listeners, you have to assume that they're not exaggerating or not, you know. Yeah, you take their story at face value, You take their story at face value. Did she actually say, I'm not even your real mom? This is according to the story. You're right. We don't, I'm I'm not a journalist. I'm not going to call this man up and I think this would have been the moment where you as the, (laughs) I'm still old fashioned as head of the household. Ah, oh, okay. Calms things down, doesn't escalate them, and, you know, patch it over. People say things. People regret things they say. If you can make it better, you're not the a-hole. If you actively do something to make it worse, yeah, you probably got to take a little bit of the blame for being the a-hole. So a, lot of, a-hole. a lot of people say not the a-hole. Guarantee yeah, they have done this before. Circle the wagons, protect your son. Such disgusting abuse from your wife upon your son. To make it even worse, she's raising her daughter to be cruel and exclusionary. Your son deserves much better. That kid doesn't want to go to this crap. I can guarantee it. Well, he said he did. So just because he's telling her, "Look, I'll be I'll be on my best behavior. It won't be awkward. I promise." And she's like, mm, "Yeah, I don't want you to go." Your your thing is that the dad's the a hole because the kid probably doesn't want to go to the thing in the first place. Well, we'd set up that he's the most reserved and he doesn't like that people don't respect his alone time and his boundaries and stuff. So unless unless he had a complete personality change. Well, it sounds like, well, no, but maybe he wants to go and celebrate Mother's Day for this woman. All right. So patch things up so he can still go. For her to just respond. You're not even, I'm not your real mom. What do you care? Yeah, that's. Everybody sucks here. Mm, I, I tell him, yeah, you. You were the a-hole. you had a chance to not be the a hole and you chose to be an a hole. Mm, I would say not the a hole. <laughs> I think he's standing up for his son. Um, I think it's very cruel to tell somebody uh, why I'm not even your blank to Maybe begin with. Before he walked in on the conversation up until that point, the son had been whining about why do I have to do that? You know, he, he said he promised he- her that he'd be well behaved and would try to interact. As- she was trying to convince his, the son. To convince the dad not to let him go, she was like, "You don't really want to go. You like, like you don't want to go." Trying to, to almost hypnotize him. Yeah, because kid sounds like a real wet blanket. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> there have been times before when I've when I've told right. There have been times before when 
when I've told my kids, it's like, you know what? If you don't want to go, don't go because you're just going to be a big drag on the whole day. <laughs> that sounds like terrible parenting. Okay, so you've actually told your own kids. I've t- my, you my parents have told me this. that. Yeah, you might as well stay home because you're being such a wet blanket is the term my mom. Would you Have you ever heard that before? <laughs> no. No, a wet blanket is just like ruins everybody's good time. Well, it puts a fire out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, that was anyway, that was a term my oh. mom would use. That's funny. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to be the real turd in the punch bowl, so you might as well just stay home. I've definitely said that to my kids multiple times. And were they just like, cool? I w- yep. You wouldn't force them out to try and socialize and try and make them like appear Sometimes, nice but if public. it got to the point where it was like, okay, you are so clearly going to be the turd in this punch bowl, you can stay home. If I acted like, like the turd in the punch bowl, my mom would whisper to me and be like, Get that look off your face right now, or you're gonna get I, it. When I we didn't get home. do it with. Yeah, were... that's those. Those are the parenting skills that I remember. Okay, <laughs> of a, a mother saying, uh, "Yeah, you don't get a choice. Yeah, y- you don't have a choice here. You're coming, and no, I, 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 you're gonna you're gonna act good. And I've if you don't, as well. if you don't, after this, that's when you're gonna get it. And yeah. most of the time. I was forced to go to whatever it was. Either my family's out freaking at the lake, all my redneck relatives are out at the lake with campers and stuff, and I got to go out there. But I think maybe it came down to like if my if my mom decided I was really gonna make the event less fun, I I would be uninvited. <laughs> I was thrilled. Well, but now you do it to the point where, like, you will purposefully be not fun. <laughs> so you know, right? Buzz, Buzz used to, like, so I would have people over at Buzz's house, and Buzz would come out, and then he would ask me, so can I go back to my room now, or have I made all my social, like, <laughs> obligations? Oh, my God, Buzz. And I'd be like, just, just yeah, a little but, bit more. And you should have told him, get that look off your face yeah, right. right now, or when everybody leaves. No, when he no, used to get together. With Buzz, I, would... I have to do it differently, like with a dog and a treat. Like, come on, buddy. I always consider <laughs> this. Although it was my house, whenever Nico would have friends over, I'd I'd figure, okay, it's kind of my duty. I kind of thought of myself as a like a... Like a local Bill Murray. I'm going to show up at this party. At the party at your house. Yeah. Charm the pants off of everybody. And then at some point I'll say, have I done enough? Can I go back? Yeah. yeah. Did I do enough? Like I go? wouldn't announce it come in front on, of buddy. everybody. Come on, buddy. Just a little like, bit more. Just would, a little bit more. Joanna, listen to me. I would come I'm out. Listening, I, I would dazzle. I would dazzle you everybody. Were, you were the center of attention. Absolutely. <laughs> I came out dazzled. And then I would... And then you'd be like off the exhausted cuff. because you were so dazzling. Well, he's not mentioning that this was back when I still had to get up at 3 a.m. And he didn't. So he'd have these parties. It'd be like in the middle at night. of the week. Yeah. yeah. It didn't matter. Nicholas. His do crowd mean? doesn't pay any attention to whether or not it's a work night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do I. Do you think I'm the a-hole? I don't know. No. For being at your own house and not wanting being to come at out? your own house. Trust me. I'm On a not. school night. Let's take a break. We're going to come back on a school I maintain night. everybody sucks here in this situation. All right. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. And it is time that we get to our Monday morning news headlines. Here's Nico Ajemian with today's news. Good morning, Nico. Good morning, Buzz. Russia is defending its invasion of Ukraine 10 weeks later. President Vladimir Putin claims the West was planning an attack and gave him no choice. He spoke overnight in front of 10,000 troops during a Victory Day parade to mark the end of World War II. 
He said they were fighting heroically, but did, didn't reveal how much longer that will last. He called the operation in the Donbass region the invasion of our historical lands. In his speech, he again tied Ukraine to the Nazi movement. Ukraine's leader gave his own Victory Day speech, insisting the country will win. A defense industry analyst says the Kremlin's event was more low-key than usual. What What is... Uh, okay, so I know Vladimir Putin is not a reliable source, but what is this Nazi drum? Like, he tries to imply, well, we had to go into Ukraine because they got a bunch of Nazis. What, what is... It, during World War II, there wa- there once Ukraine was taken over by the Nazis, yeah. um, there was a large contingent of people who were sympathetic. You like, could say, yeah, they had the or collaborators, the Vichy in France. They had the Quislings in other countries, right? Collaborators, right? Uh, but that's every country. That- more than that, there is. You know, there was a lot of people, uh, soldiers that became part of the Nazi movement. I mean, a lot of people in Ukraine were soldiers in the Nazi army as well. So. That's what they say sometimes. Okay, he realizes that's 80 years ago, though, right? Well... It, like, they never denazified Ukraine? Okay. It, it, he's, it, full, he's full of it, right? He's full of it, but it lives in the imagination and in the hearts of the Russian people because that, that's a very nostalgic, historic time for them. They really revere their, their uh, contributions to World War II and in helping win it. Uh, so, yeah, that, he knows exactly what to say to play his people and how to tug on their... Okay. Their emotions a little bit. First Lady Jill Biden is in Eastern Europe to show American support for its NATO allies. She made a surprise visit to Ukraine Sunday, where she met with that nation's First Lady. Biden's motorcade crossed into Ukraine from Slovakia, where on Sunday she toured refugee aid stations. In Ukraine, she visited a public school in the city of Uzerod, where she met privately with the First Lady of Ukraine, Elena Zelenska. Here's First Lady Jill Biden. President Joe Biden held a call Sunday with G7 leaders and Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky to speak about the global impact of Russia's war, ongoing military and economic aid for Ukraine, and new costs on Russia. The meeting comes just two days after the president announced the U.S. is providing another $150 million in new security assistance for Ukraine. Since the start of the war in late February, the Biden administration has committed approximately $3.8 billion in security assistance, including artillery, munitions, radars, and electronic jamming equipment. But the president said on Friday that this latest round nearly drains the remaining funds the administration could tap into help Ukraine. Last week, Biden asked Congress to approve another $33 billion for Ukraine. The meeting was followed by the announcement of a new round of sanctions on Russia, this time targeting approximately 2,600 Russian and Belarusian officials, weapons manufacturers, and state-controlled media. And today, Russia is celebrating Victory Day. It's huge national holiday commemorating the anniversary of the defeat of the Nazis during World War II with a military parade through the streets of Moscow. Reports suggest that in terms of firepower, it will be a less extravagant display with fewer tanks and other military hardware set to take part. But this year's event carries extra significance. Ukraine and Western countries, as well as independent experts, believe the Kremlin had hoped to set Victory Day as a deadline to achieve a military victory in the war with Ukraine, or at least to declare the conquest of the Donbass region. But the disastrous course of the war so far for Russia that has seen it retreat from Kiev and its current offensive on East Ukraine now stalled has forced the Kremlin to approach the day a little differently. 
Well, they're showing it on TV. They definitely have a parade of some kind going going on, but I didn't see nearly as much military hardware. The British Armed Forces Minister recently said that Russia will probably use Victory Day as an opportunity to formally declare war on Ukraine, but the Kremlin has denied this. They're saying one of the big deals about declaring, you know, it's obviously you're doing war on Ukraine. Right. Declaring war, they'd be able to institute a draft. Yes. So I guess most of the Russian soldiers have been volunteers so far. Uh, a lot are conscripts from other uh, areas, like right. Chechnya, Syria. But I guess Putin's got to declare war before he can... Do that stuff. Yeah, like Putin follows the rules anyway. Do I really need yeah. to? Or... Well, Prince Harry, Meghan Markle, and their two children will be celebrating Queen Elizabeth's Platinum Jubilee with the royal family next month. What's platinum, like 150? <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. I think it's 75, right? I don't know. 70 I, don't know. I, I, I feel like I've I've heard of people celebrating a 75th anniversary of something before and it's diamond, adamantium. Uh, unobtainium. It's the unobtainium <laughs> anniversary. A spokesperson for the Sussexes say Prince Harry and Meghan, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, are excited and honored to attend the Queen's Platinum Jubilee celebrations this June with their children. I bet you it's 80. It might be 80. She's she she's 100, well, right? She took over when she was she's in her early 20s. Early 20s, yeah. 25, I think she was. So it has to be 75, yeah. Platinum? Yeah. Well, what's diamond then? 60. Thank you. Diamond yeah. is 60? Yes. I bet when they came up with that stuff, nobody lived past age like 55. I can't so they find didn't anything on platinum. They made it up. This marks the first time the pair will be reunited. 70. Oh. It's okay. 70 years of service. This marks the first time the pair will be reuniting with the royals since they're split from the family. Archie hasn't been back to the UK since the family moved to California. And this will be the first trip for Lilibet who's the first royal to be born in the U.S. They should have named the daughter Jughead just to go along with Archie. (laughs) (laughs) Harry, Meghan, and the embattled Prince Andrew will not appear on the balcony at Buckingham Palace during the Trooping of the Colors as they are no longer working senior royals. Keep your eyes on your daughters, British people. (laughs) Prince Andrew could be anywhere. Okay. The Senate is set to vote this week on a bill that would codify Roe v. Wade into law after the leak of a draft of Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito's opinion overturning the historic abortion decision. This would be one of those things that would be hugely, hugely controversial, you know, that they're taking this action based on a leak, you know, of something that hasn't even been ruled yet. And also, not sure the Democrats got the votes. Uh, Mansion is very much up in the air. Kirsten Cinema is another one. We the, don't know that all of the Democrats would vote on some kind of national law. The measure is all but certain to fail. <laughs> okay, to overcome a filibuster, the bill which passed the House but has stalled in the Senate needs support from sixty senators. That said, the issue gives Democrats a chance to focus on the judiciary as an issue. It crystallizes the stakes in the fall election and helps Democrats argue that Biden's judicial choices will be stymied if representatives, if Republicans regain control of the Senate. But you got a couple of center, center-right Republicans who might vote for it. So Collins, 
And well, Murkowski. no, no, no. They know that there's no way that the the bill is going to get passed. Like, there's no way that this bill. But but they're using it as as a leveraging point to start talking to their voters and showing them, look, this is the, the these are the issues that are that are going to be motivating you yep. in the fall. As I'm watching all this uh, conversation, which is, we're going on a week now since this leak came out about the Supreme Court draft letter, uh, there's one thing about the abortion debate that. I, I don't hear too many people say, so I'll go ahead and say it. I think people on both sides are very passionate about the way they feel. Like I hear the one, you know, sides accusing the other side of hypocrisy. Uh, but I do think that the people who are out protesting passionately do feel that they're right. And I think the people who are protesting on the other side passionately feel. I, <clears throat> I think there might be some politicians who, I mean, it's probably happened before. You've got some of these extreme right-wing family values, Christian conservatives, who it's like as soon as their mistress gets pregnant, they're all for abortion. But for most people who are on either side of the abortion debate, I, I take them at their word. You know, the people who are against it really are against it because they believe it's taking a life. Sure. Okay. But it's also an issue where they're trying to legislate somebody else's health and choices. So, yeah, but I'm saying those people would very much think it's not just about the pregnant woman. It's also the child is also alive. Depends on how you see it. Right. But do you do you agree that the people who see it that way are sincere about their? Oh, I, I the believe they're sincere. Because yeah. I, I think there's a lot of accusation that the other side uh, isn't isn't sincere in what they're saying or. You know, this well, is really, they, I don't you just that, want to control women, I, and there might be a part of that as well. I don't well, think but. that the people who say, oh, well, we're concerned about women's health, I don't really think that people are, on that side are, are really concerned about women's what health. What do you mean, the anti-abortion yeah. people who say they're concerned about think, women's health? I don't think they're concerned about, I think they're concerned about the, the life of, the, of I, the whatever, but uh, I don't think that... Well, Bill Maher said on Friday, it comes down to it, really, do you prefer women or do you prefer babies? Yeah. And he said, I prefer women. But there are a lot of people who would say, well, the baby didn't do anything wrong. And a lot of it has to do with people's religious persuasion. Yeah. Like by going out and having sex and getting an unwanted pregnancy. It's your wrong. fault. It's your fault because you broke God's law. And I, but and I do So think you that, should live with the consequences. I think they very passionately feel that way. They I also would believe in the death penalty. And they probably wouldn't have a problem killing somebody. Yeah, and they'd say, well, God killed a lot of people <laughs> for retribution <laughs> in the old days. Oh, my God. Uh, I come, there's an I know, answer for everything. I come from this world, so I, right. I definitely know, no, I know. That, that they don't sit around and say, well, we're going to say this one thing even though we don't. But they actually believe. Yeah, but you know, a lot of, like, for example, the the law in Texas, before they did the, uh, the, uh, the abortion ban that they have now, they were trying to get around it by saying, well, a hospital, if a place uh, performing abortions has to have this level of hospital care. And they were saying because we we, we want to right. we care about women's health and we even though the majority of I, I agree abortion, that that was probably a disingenuous move by politicians by politicians yeah. they didn't care about women's health they they were trying to stop abortion and they were looking for any excuse to do it they really didn't care I don't think about the the women's point of view look the people on the anti-abortion side I almost all of them here's what I think they think that is a child's life even though the child's unborn and. That there should be, you know, that their tax money definitely shouldn't go toward helping kill a child. 
And maybe it's like Bill Maher says. You have to choose. Do you like women or do you like babies? Yeah, but it, I don't even think of it that way because a lot of people don't look at a, uh, a collection of cells in the weeks before or the weeks right after conception. People don't see that as a baby. So There's got to be some kind of thing we can agree on. It's like, okay, this at this point is a human, but at some point before the nine months, don't you think most people would agree, yeah, we ought to start treating that unborn child it, it, it just depends though there there are we already there, do. there are women who have miscarriages after a few weeks even when when the the it was still a collection of cells and they would be devastated yep. even if it was a collection of cells yep. uh but there's at the same time women who would feel like their life would be over and they wouldn't be able to make the same choices so do you think there's any way that the two sides in this will ever come together and say you know 15 weeks is 4 months you're pretty far along is almost four months. You know, that's a pretty that's pretty far along to be at a pregnancy. Do you think there's any way we could get most people to agree on some point after conception? Wait. And if you're talking about cat the Catholic doctrine still is moment of conception. You think fifteen weeks is a long time in a pregnancy? Yeah. I think you're pretty well along. Do you how many weeks do you think a normal pregnancy is? Uh, nine months. Oh. However many weeks that is. <laughs> Don't ask me oh to do God. math. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, with Biden's ratings stuck in the low 40s and inflation raging, Democrats see abortion as a political gift that will energize their base and swing voters, especially moderate suburban women. Evacuation orders were issued for several additional communities yesterday due to the massive fire in northern New Mexico. The residents of three communities are among those being told to leave their homes to escape the threat of the Calf Canyon Hermit's Peak fire. A second fire broke out on Saturday, and with winds reaching 50 miles per hour, over 1,600 firefighters have been called into duty to fight the infernos. Officials say the fire has burned more than 176,000 acres and is only 21% contained. The state continues to have a red flag warning. And the nation's leading internet providers are slashing the cost of broadband service for low-income Americans. The 20 internet providers, including AT&T, Comcast, and Verizon, have agreed to provide high-speed internet service for no more than $30 a month for millions of low-income customers. The price cut is coming out of an agreement with the Biden administration that it will announce today at the White House. The Affordable Connectivity Program will provide plans of at least 100 megabytes per second of speed for no more than $30. About 48 million Americans will qualify for the program. So you'll soon be able to check if you qualify at getinternet.gov. It's part of the administration's push to make fast, affordable internet service available in even rural areas and on tribal lands. And police in Texas are asking the public for help in locating a man accused of an unusual crime. Marcus Hubbard is wanted for burglary of a building. He was caught on security video last month stealing a lawnmower from a garage and then using it to mow the victim's front and backyard. When Port Arthur God, police... It's almost like a lawn maintenance elf, like he comes in at night, <laughs> mows your yard. <laughs> when Port Arthur police arrived, Hubbard fled with the lawnmower before abandoning it in an alley. Was it a riding mower? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> or was he just like pushing it down the street? <laughs> Anyone with information on the incident is encouraged to contact the police. At least the lawn looked great, though, when he was done. And finally... The graduating class at Wiley College in Marshall, Texas, won't have to sweat student loans. 
That's because an anonymous donor is footing the bill for the students. During their commencement at the historically black college, the school's president told the 100-plus graduates that someone paid off their balances. The bill was $300,000 for the entire class. So congratulations to the grads who can start their new life with a clean slate. And with the news, I'm Nico. All right, thank you, Nico. Uh, The Kentucky Derby was run, and it was a huge upset. So I guess there were a couple of huge upsets. Canelo got Canelo Alvarez was a five to one favorite, and he got beat. And then uh, this horse that won the Kentucky Derby was not even going to be in the Kentucky Derby until Friday. Eighty to one long shot, Rich Strike won the Kentucky Derby. And he struck he struck it rich. It was the second biggest upset in Derby history. Only Donnerail in nineteen thirteen had a higher payout of one hundred eighty four dollars and ninety cents, which in nineteen thirteen was probably what you made in a year. That sounds pretty huge. The payout on Rich Strike was one hundred sixty three to win. Do you know how much the horse wins or the owner gets for the Derby? I don't know how much they get, but you know, there's some kind of some kind of stakes that. I honestly, I don't know enough about horse racing. I don't think it's like the horse that w- wins wins the entire pot. I think everybody gets some kind of consideration. One point eight six million is what the winner gets. What Rich Strike took home? Well, one point eight six million I mean, for he, first place. He doesn't get it. Well, the, the owner, owner of the yeah. horse gets it. <laughs> In horse bucks. Can you imagine they got a? Well, what the horse spend it on? One point eight million hey. apples. <laughs> <laughs> Horse to get Rich Strike wasn't even in the Derby until Friday when another horse named Ethereal Road had to drop out. Um, so that was the biggest upset in Kentucky Derby history since all the way back in 1913. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. This hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is brought to you by Pumping Ink Tattoo, the corner of Dyer and Monroe. Just moments from Ford Bliss. Find them on social media or PumpingInkTattoo.com. That is PumpingInkTattoo.com. Got a couple of uh, neckline calls. First of all, let's hear this one about your... Am I the a hole? Ooh, that was fast. Already? Wow. Well, what's happening, and you'll notice the sound quality on on them is probably a little better because they automatically get sent to my inbox. So I'll be able to see when they come in. Wow. Yeah, I don't have to go through, used to have to go through the whole process of getting calls off the Mm -hmm. neckline. It's been streamlined a lot, so we'll be able to get him a lot quicker and respond. Anyway, it was a guy. He's got a 13-year-old son. He's married to a lady who has a 16-year-old daughter, uh, both from previous relationships. And the son is kind of like, uh, what's the word I would use? Oh, he was introvert, shy. Like sure. an introvert. Yeah. doesn't like to do stuff. So the father had planned a big outing, and the mother, he overheard the mother telling the son. Well, the, the father planned a Mother's Day celebration and the 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 woman, the stepmom, was trying to convince the, the, the boy not to go and she even said at some point, well, I don't know why you want to celebrate with me. I'm not your mom. 
I'm not your real. I'm not, I'm your, not even your real mom. I'm not your real mom. Hey, I was calling in about the am I the a hole with the Mother's Day? Absolutely not the a hole. The mother in this situation is the a hole. You don't tell a kid that. I, it doesn't matter how reserved or quiet the kid is. That's just wrong. That's that's emotional abuse. And I don't care what Buzz says. You guys have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> I, nice. I, I suspect that sometimes when people share these "Am I the a-hole?" scenarios, they might embellish a little bit. Uh, yeah, if the if the stepmom said, "I'm not even your your real mom," that's probably going a step too far. But oh, just a step. One step. Just one. That was maybe just a little bit too far. What's up, Mo Show? It's ODG. Yo. I just saw Doctor Strange. Uh, I don't think this is a spoiler, but during the movie, I was like, is that Jim? <laughs> that is Jim. <laughs> that is- Jim, no. <laughs> Jim. <laughs> There's zombies and ghosts. This is a fun movie. Okie dokie. Were there ghosts? I know, right? What was the ghost? There were ghosts. Who was the ghost? I mean, there were spirits. Oh, okay. Oh, right. All yeah, right, yeah. yeah. I know what you're talking about. I get you. Um, all of this is spoilers, I think. That I was think. a spoiler. But, I mean, a spoiler without context, really. A spoiler without context. That's a good point. But yeah. a spoiler nonetheless. Should we? Even do- the word zombies, I think, is a spoiler, right? The zombies in the trailer, though. Oh, okay, okay. Again, I'm deeply attracted to zombie Doctor Strange. Interesting. He's okay, like so, a more rugged version of Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, I, I mean, he's missing the half his face. Also, oh. Buzz hated it, and I was like, "Isn't it just a? It was a fun romp through the Marvel universe. Through the universes. Right. It was a fun jaunt. Yeah, know? but uh, Buzz doesn't like anything with joy or fun well, or imagination. This, this, this is the thing that I actually think I, I finally realized about Buzz and his enjoyment of these Marvel movies is that comic books essentially and they've always been like this have been soap operas i mean they've been written as soap operas as anything that's serially written where it comes out every month and these people have to think of new plot lines to keep mm-hmm. up the thing for months and years on end well it gets dramatic and like a soap opera and buzz hates that hate uh, hates any of the soap opera elements hates any of the weird uh, kind of tropes that they use whether it's time travel or mysticism Buzz likes to compare every movie to cin- cinematic movies that he enjoys. So he tries oh, to. Oh, you think you're, you know, what, Siskel or Ebert? Yeah, he takes every movie and he tries to review it like he's Siskel or Ebert. And I was like, don't you just like, why don't you just like things? And I don't know. I think Buzz, Buzz, was, Buzz, Buzz was, has was like. No suspension of disbelief. Buzz said, people who like the majority of things are idiots. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> if you like everything, you're an idiot. You should be more discerning yeah, with your taste. That's right. <laughs> People who like everything are morons. <laughs> People who don't like anything, you just don't enjoy anything right. at all. Then you're just not seeing the appreciation. That's, that's not true. There are things I, I like all the time. I'm just- sorry, Sex in the City. Well, then it just your your choices become very binary. Oh, this was a good movie or a not good movie. This was either cinematically made and it was amazing, or it was terrible and well, not. That, I mean, they certainly did a lot of s- tricks with special effects and CGI and stuff. And no, but I'm saying it, it, but it, when when it's all that at the expense of any kind of coherent 
plot. It is coherent if you like the serial type of comic book story, but you don't like those things. Yeah, I like when they make them like gritty and real, like the Batman. So now you're on the DC. Oh, now you like the Batman. Yeah, now he's on the DC train. Well, I realized. Give it a few weeks, th- Nico, and then he'll be like. That's all he kept saying Perhaps afterwards. I judged Doctor Strange too hard. No, he will never say that about Doctor Strange. I don't know. We didn't think he would ever say that about the Batman. No. And look at him now. Joanna, I saw his face. You know the Sam Raimi kind of stuff of like the. the ca- I loved the Sam Raimi. The camera close up, the, yes. the candles going out, you know, with the smoke and. The zombie hand coming The zombie out. Buzz Amazing. hated all of it. I heard, he would look at me in the middle of the theater. I, I would try not to look at him because <laughs> I knew he was just trying to get me to be like, Did you guys oh. sit next to each other? Yeah, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but these are nice recliner ones at Alamo Draft House, so we didn't even have to. They have new stuff. You can check them out at KLEQ.com. I wrote a whole article on it. Yeah, they're nice. Yeah, I didn't know that they reclined until they saw somebody else reclining. It's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> The seats at Alamo Drafthouse recline now. But is that all of the is that all of the theaters? Like they completely they swapped them out with reclining. Them. Yeah, that is fancy. Fancy. Oh, Buzz. The organizers of a, <laughs> let's talk about this story for a second. The organizers of a marathon in Ohio are getting some heat after a six-year-old boy ran the event. He ran the entire twenty-six. It's twenty-six miles and a little bit extra whatever it turns out to be. He comes from a, a running family, and his the other five siblings have all done marathons before, but he's the youngest. A couple in Kentucky are also catching heat. They're Ben and Cammy Crawford, exercise nuts from Kentucky. They have six kids, and they run a YouTube channel together, and a lot of it revolves around uh, doing things like running in marathons. In Cincinnati last week, they let their six-year-old son run a full marathon, 26.2 miles. The six-year-old's name is Rainier, and it was the first time the whole family had run one together. So it was him and his older siblings. Uh, according to the parents, he begged them, and they never forced him to do it. But some people think that it was... Uh, well, some people were against making a six-year-old or having a six-year-old run a marathon. 26 miles. How did they even get him to concentrate for eight and a half hours? That's true, yeah. Don't don't kids, like, get bored super easy? Here, let's uh, listen. First of all, we're going to hear from six-year-old Rainier, and then we're going to hear from his parents defending their child running a 26.2-mile marathon. One of the people who spoke out was Olympic runner Kara Gocher. And she said a six-year-old might not realize that they have the right to stop. Right. You don't have to go for the eight hours, the full 26. It was eight hours and 35 minutes that it took this kid to run the 26 miles. The story blew up after Good Morning America aired an interview, and then a lot of people were saying these people are torturing this kid by making a six-year-old run a marathon of all the problems that we have with kids and health right getting too much exercise is not the real issue the real issue is the is the 
tens of millions of kids who don't who couldn't run a, yeah. a block. <laughs> like the kids I see at Disneyland who are well over the age of being in a stroller, <laughs> being pushed around in a stroller by the parents. Like how old? Like six? Six or maybe seven. And they're being pushed and around in a stroller? Their legs stroller. are hanging off the yes, side? Yes, like you obviously don't fit in that stroller, child. You could walk. And now you're just making up space, taking up all this space near Peter Pan's flight, and it's annoying me. Uh, Make your kid walk. The dad admitted that Rainier was crying during the race, so some people said, the kid is crying. How can you say this is something he wants to do? But the father says he was only crying because there was nothing left at the snack table with six miles to go. So they told him they would give him Pringles later if he kept going. <laughs> but, yeah, why... Why? That's so weird. Like they say that the age limit is like you have to be eighteen or older. You're supposed to be eighteen to. How run. did they just be like? Okay, you can totally take your kid. Yeah, I think if people show up and you know they decided not to enforce that Neither rule. Do. Although the the race organizers say they are going to be more strict about that eighteen year age limit. Hey, Ben and Cammy posted a video after Child Protective Services showed up to make sure that their kids were okay. Uh, they interviewed each kid and then left after about an hour. Are your parents making you run? Are your parents making you run? So the problem in, in America is not that kids are getting too much exercise and running too many marathons. No, it's not an epidemic of At kids running At the same time, marathons. of all the athletes in the Olympics, the ones who actually look sick are the marathon runners. Like everybody else <laughs> looks generally in good or yeah, superior health. Gaunt. They're usually, you know, very skinny. It and looks thin. like they just. It, every marathon race looks like the world's biggest, most organized concentration camp escape. <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> I can't believe. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> uh, so I don't. Oh I don't God. even know if running marathons is a healthy. I, I don't think doing marathons, or I'm not sure running marathons is really super healthy for, or right. for adults because Even, yeah. you know they don't they don't look healthy do you know <laughs> do you know why it's 26.2 miles why? why because that was the distance you had to run from marathon to athens in yeah. order to warn that the thessalonians were about to attack the greek empire persians but yeah okay well specifically the persians from thessalonica <laughs> 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 It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. On the way in just about 30 minutes, Stephanie Valle from our news partners, ABC7. And Stephanie has a new Borderland Crimes podcast, the 13th podcast for Borderland Crimes. She's going to be by in about a half hour to talk to us about it. Tonight, Mondays, Loudwire Nights. At 7 o'clock, Tony starts things off with the three songs by Motley Crue from the album that you voted the crew's best. And all this week, you can vote for Def Leppard's album as best album. I'm going to say, I don't know which one it was on, but the one where they go, that's the one I would vote for the best album. That's Def Leppard? Well... I mean, Offspring right. used that line in a song, That's where but I thought it was Def Leppard. I keep trying to think of what Def Leppard song it is, and then I just immediately go to... Maybe Pyromania? I'm I don't know. pretty girl, say I'm pretty... Fly for, for a white guy. 
Damn it. Well, tonight, let's find out. We'll find out what album the listeners voted as Motley Crue's best album. Three songs from that album are on the way. Make new music discoveries as well throughout the night. New music from Slash. New rock discoveries from Nothing More, A Day to Remember, and Fozzie. All coming up. Let's do our entertainment segment with Joanna Barba. Good morning, Joanna. Good morning. Cobra Kai fans, we now have the premiere date for the upcoming fifth season. Cobra Kai Season 5 will drop on September 9th. Season 5 will pick up immediately at the conclusion of last season with a John Kreese in jail, framed for assault, while his friend-turned-foe Terry Silver overhauls and expands the Cobra Kai karate. What? Boy, I'm behind. You are so behind! Meanwhile, Daniel and Chosen uh, team up to help bring Silver down for once and maybe for all. In the midst of all that, Johnny and his son Robbie go looking for Miguel in Mexico who traveled to find his biological father. There is a lot of stuff happening. Oh, you haven't caught up in this how, last season? How many seasons are there? Well, this will be the fifth one that oh, drops. Oh, I'm so. still in season two. <laughs> like, oh, John Kreese oh. hasn't actually... They, they've talked about him, but he hasn't but he actually hasn't showed, showed up. up. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, you're behind. Does, are you watching it? Me? Yes. Does Hillary Swank ever show up? No. <laughs> no Do you know no. why? Yeah, because she comes out in the third one? She was the next karate the kid. The next karate kid. And it was like one of her first roles. Oh, yeah. What about Jaden Smith? Yeah, I think he was in the reboot. Yeah, would that exist in this universe? That's the non Miyagi universe, <laughs> right? The no Yagi. That's the no Yagi <laughs> universe. <laughs> well, that is a wrap on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, according to filmmaker James Gunn. The writer director took to Twitter on Friday to announce that he'd wrap principal photography, also teasing that the Marvel film will feature an appearance from an as-yet-unannounced actor. His first message to fans accompanied a photo of him with a number of Guardians stars, including his brother Sean Gunn, Palm Clementive, Chris Pratt, Karen Gillian, and Dave Bautista. While Zoe Saldana, who's played, who had played Thanos' adopted daughter Gamora in all three films, wasn't pictured, Gunn was quick to note that the actress was, in fact, on site for the rap celebration. But she did. Gamora's dead. In one universe, I think. This could be a different one. As we've learned. Uh, <laughs> Volume three. Don't get me started on this multiverse. <laughs> of madness? I'm mad about it, all right. <laughs> Volume three is slated to open on May 5th, 2023, against Paramount's motion picture Dungeons and Dragons. Where were the rest Honor of Among the, Thieves? Where huh? were the rest of the Fantastic Four? <laughs> oh, what? Was that, that, is that a spoiler? Buzz. What are you doing? Oh, everybody's He's doing heard it to make everybody mad. What you know, there's you... some people who haven't seen it and don't want to hear anything they, about it. They that will turn you off. Was like a border. The turn me off border. if you want to, but Sue Storm could have. We could have definitely used one of her invisible force fields. I feel like it was no match. All right, as we learned. Hands well, off. Nobody was a match, but if it had been clobber in time, maybe things would have gone down different. God, man. You really like to annoy them. I think he feeds on the hate. He really does. It makes him like... (laughs) It it, makes him stronger. It makes his heart grow three times smaller. (laughs) And it like feeds him. 
Fred Savage was a director and executive producer on the new Wonder Years reboot. And I say was because he was just fired for alleged misconduct. Savage faced three separate allegations and he cooperated with an investigation into them. But ultimately, the decision was made to let him go. There's no word what Savage is accused of, but a source claims it included, quote, verbal outbursts and inappropriate behavior. Well, inappropriate behavior is so vague. Inappropriate behavior you just displayed right now with some spoilers. You're so vague. What if the human torch could have thrown some of his signature fireballs in there? That inappropriate. Yeah, I just feel a little cheated. This isn't the first time Fred's been accused of misconduct. In 2018, uh... Costumer on his show, The Grinder, claimed that he hit her on the arm and yelled at her and made the set a hostile environment for women. She sued and the case was settled out of court. But I totally believe this behavior because he came out in a Lifetime movie <laughs> called No One Would Tell and he was abusing DJ Tanner and he eventually killed her. So. What are you saying? You saw it coming? Yeah, I what? did. And I was like, I totally believe it. Was her. it a crossover where the kid from The Wonder Years abused the, oh my the character of DJ Tanner? Yes. There's so many f phone calls coming in right now and I'm scared to answer them. <laughs> what? You think those... Because I people think what I said was a spoiler? Please, can we get one of them? <laughs> they stopped. Like, now no we gotta... We, we're on the clock here. We'll get to them yes. in a second if you want to call. Yeah. It's probably just people going to go, tell Buzz shut up with spoilers. I can do that, but shut up. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and finally just days after being attacked on stage Dave Chappelle did a secret show at the comedy store in Los Angeles on Thursday night and he was joined on stage by Chris Rock Dave there's no audio of it but according to Dave he convinced security to let him confront his attacker who is 23 year old Isaiah Lee and he said that the guy appeared to be mentally ill when Dave asked Lee why he attacked him he said his mother had been forced out of her Brooklyn neighborhood by gentrification, and he wanted to call attention to that. So he attacked Dave Chappelle to bring attention to gentrification in New yes, York City? that was it. <laughs> At the again, Hollywood Bowl. Again, Dave did Mental say he appeared to be mentally issues. ill. Yes. With your entertainment news, I'm Joanna Barba. So a couple of the jokes that we don't have audio yet, but somebody, somebody's got their phone out. Right. Even at the things where they say nobody's phone is allowed. <laughs> so there's somebody's got to have this. But uh, Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock both took turns talking about their attackers. And Dave said, at least you got smacked by someone of repute. I got smacked by a homeless guy with leaves in his hair. <laughs> to which Rock replied, I got smacked by the softest, softest, the N-word, that ever rapped. <laughs> That's hilarious. And you know what's really cool about the comedy store is that there's not a lot of, uh, there's not security really. There's not like people keeping you away from the comics. The comics are kind of just walking around. I, I bet you there might have been some security at this one. Uh, one other co comedian talked about uh, his attacker or his future attacker probably. That was Pete Davidson who was doing Netflix as a joke. And he talked about Kanye uh, a little bit in his stand-up. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. On the way, a true crime report. Also, speaking of crime, it's the Borderline Crime Podcast. There's a new one. Stephanie Valle from our news partners at ABC7 is going to come by this morning, talk about her most recent Borderline Crimes podcast. 
I've been mentioning uh, Chihuahua's tickets, so we got some to give away for this week. Kelly Q is a proud supporter of the El Paso Chihuahuas, and during the season, you can listen for ticket giveaways on the morning show and throughout the day on KLAQ. And you can listen to all the games on our partner station, 600 ESPN El Paso. Joanna, make a note of this. Yes. We have two five-packs of tickets to give away. Wait, it confuses me when you say, let me write it down. Yeah. Two, two five-packs. Five or five two-packs. Shush. Nope. Nico. Two five-packs of tickets to give away to Wednesday night's game, Chihuahuas versus the Sacramento River Cats. And that is a night game with a 6.30 start. Okay. We're going to give away five tickets tomorrow, five tickets Wednesday. This... I Wait, like sometimes we're going to have five five tickets to give away tomorrow. We're going to have five more tickets to give away on Wednesday. Okay. And I like sometimes when they give us this many tickets because you can take a family. Right. It's a big pack. Even if you got two kids, maybe you let one of the kids bring a friend or something. So we're going to give them away in fives, but we'll have our first five pack of tickets. Oh. For no, tomorrow. Not till tomorrow. Not, not yet. Not till tomorrow, but we we'll definitely will do it tomorrow as long as Joanna reminds me okay. that we need to. Are you ready for a true crime report? Hell yeah. Right. It is time for the true crime report. Actual crime stories from around the world and across the nation. In Switzerland, police seized more than 1,000 pounds of cocaine from a shipment of coffee beans. The shipment was delivered to a a Nespresso plant. The drugs came from Brazil, but it's unclear who was supposed to receive them. I want to suggest Victor Maitland because that's basically the plot of Beverly Hills Cop 1. (laughs) (laughs) A drug dealer had a weed vending machine on the side of his house. Now, eventually, oh, this guy. They might ha- maybe they'll have vending machines for weed at dispensaries, but I think we're a long way from somebody just having a, a marijuana vending machine vending at their house. Damn, it's the first thing that comes up. Mm-hmm. Dispensaries, it should be everywhere. A drug dealer in Detroit is facing charges after he installed an illegal marijuana vending machine on the side of his house. Instead of being sneaky, people could just walk up and buy weed themselves. And police say they believe he installed it four years ago (gasps) and that he was making around $2,000 a day with it. I'm reading this article. (laughs) Yeah. Tell me if... $2,000 a day for four years. You'd think something that brazen Uh wouldn't last so long. Well, he wasn't arrested because weed is illegal in Michigan. It's no. not. It's completely legal. They Plot He got arrested twist. because he was selling it wrong. <laughs> well, he didn't the, have a license. That's not to, the way to do it. He, did, he didn't have a license. Yeah. It was pretty high tech. It took credit cards and even accepted Apple Pay. <laughs> I think we have a little bit of audio. Federal agents got a tip. They followed up on it. Here is Paul Vanderplow, ATF special agent in charge of the case, talking about Marcellus Cornwell. He's the guy who was running a marijuana vending machine 
out of his house. Federal agents got a tip about it and used the machine to collect evidence in February and March. Uh, he allegedly was, Mr. Cornwell, the drug dealer, was allegedly also selling illegal guns, but it doesn't say if they were in a vending machine. Well, the article I'm reading says that that's the reason he was arrested, not because of the, the vending machine. It was because he was illegally possessing guns. And while they were doing the search for the guns, they came upon the, the marijuana vending machine. Vending machine. <laughs> I like to imagine. And he would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for those sneaky kids. I like to imagine, I don't know if this is the case, <laughs> that he had like real vending machine products. And depending on what you punched in, it was a touchscreen. The weed would come down. It's a touchscreen. And it had like pictures of it. Of the, the marijuana you wanted. Oh my God! Go with me on the premise of saying that the vending machine. It, it would had be a Coke or wait, wait. You're saying like if it had pretzels or milk buds. M- milk buds. <laughs> it's a very like high tech vending machine. Really baked Lay's. <laughs> York peppermint fatties. <laughs> This is all off the top of his dome, too. Yes, yes. (laughs) Hashies kisses. (laughs) Flaming hot chibas. Yes! (laughs) Nailer reefers. Good job, buddy. That's a good one. You've spent a lot of time in front of vending machines. A, uh, this is bound to happen when you have a piece of art that just looks like somebody's cast off clothes or trash or whatever. You know how they had those exhibits and it's like, oh, the janitor came by and swept up this puddle of water that was also supposed to be an art exhibit. <laughs> this is kind of <laughs> like that. A piece of art that was just a blue jacket hanging on a nail recently went on display at a museum in Paris. And a 72-year-old woman didn't know it was the art so she took it home. <laughs> this is a picture of the blue jacket. In the pocket of the blue jacket were postcards of Picasso's paintings so that people could take those out and look through. So it was kind of like an interactive thing. Oh, okay. It's just a blue windbreaker on a nail. Yeah, but in its pocket, it's got... Picasso postcards. I don't even get the the art concept behind this. Do you ever this, feel though? like dumb because everyone's like, "Look at this piece of art," and mm. you're just like, "I don't get it." That's almost all the art that exists. I'm gonna get a nice little frame and put it over this album that has been punched over here, and label it "Fragile Masculinity." <laughs> and that's I'm gonna call it art. Wait, what has been punched? This album in here that was punched not too long ago. Album. It's like a display of an album. Who's it of and who hated that band so much? It's Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, that sounds like something I would do. I think it was you. (laughs) Well, anyway, you had this plain jacket hanging on a nail, so a 72-year-old woman didn't know that was the exhibit, thought it was just somebody left a jacket, so she took it. Which, as I'm reading this story, you're not allowed to just take Take somebody's jacket either. either. Okay, now I'm back on the artist's side. (laughs) Um, you can't just take a jacket that don't belong to you. The 72-year-old woman walked off with it one day. She looks in the pocket and is like, I don't need these postcards. Throws them away. <laughs> what are these ugly things? <laughs> this was all caught on security cameras, but no one knew who she was. And then the story takes a weird twist. 
She came back to the museum wearing the jacket, but she had had the jacket tailored. She came back to the museum a few days later wearing the jacket that was the art exhibit. (laughs) And as coincidence would have it, the cops were there collecting evidence about the art theft. (laughs) And this lady shows up wearing it, except she had taken it and had it altered. What's the what's going it, on? Hey, what's going on? Okay, what's so the someone stole some art. No, oh my god, that's terrible. I was just coming to see if the, maybe somebody left some pants. Do that you would like match my jacket? jacket? Yeah, I love your jacket. Where'd well, you get it? It fits much better. I tailored it. <laughs> and this gets to the part of the story that even if she didn't know it was art, she still stole a jacket. <laughs> so the cops arrested her. Ultimately, though, it was decided to let the old woman off with a warning. Don't steal art next time. The museum said that sadly the piece wasn't insured. They said it was obvious this type of thing could happen, so no one would insure it. What what are you going to insure it for? The cost of a jacket? Yeah, right. The amount of effort it took to hang it on a nail? Yeah, some of this I don't buy. You know, if there's a fresco that's 700 years old and is painted by a master, I can appreciate that. If it's a painting of... So art has to be old for you to appreciate it? No. But if it's like a really good... Yeah, I could be inspired by art, but... Does it have to be hanging a, on a nail? Does it have to be of something like concrete, like a like a building or a scene? Like it can't be abstract? You probably don't like that. I feel abstract. like if everyday people can kind of do it, it kind of takes Right, if the... anybody could take a jacket and hang it on a nail, I don't know that it's art. It kind of so, takes the magic out of art. Yeah, but every, I mean, people say that all the time. Oh, look at that Jackson Pollock. Just a bunch of... Slung a bunch of paint? That, As far as I know, a gorilla with a paint can could do that. Yet, for some reason, like, Jackson Pollocks are valued and cared about. Ugh, we need to do some sort of art and sell it for lots of money. No, you don't have to even do that. You just do an NFT. Then it's nothing. Buzz, give me one of your jackets. <laughs> Nico, get a nail. We're going to hammer it on the wall. Take a picture of it. Take a picture of it. Give it a sell URL it an and sell it as an NFT. Yes. Now you're thinking, Buzz. And three children were hurt. Fortunately, none of them seriously in California. When a sheriff's helicopter blew a bounce house into the air. I guess what was going on was there was a kid's party. Uh, The sheriff's helicopter was landing nearby, and the downdraft caused the bounce house to lift off the ground with the kids inside. But it does sound like kids are going to be all right. And uh, that is it for our true crime report. Against the law, it's against the law. It's against the law. It's against the law. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Stephanie Valle is here from our news partners, ABC7, and her podcast, which is Borderland Crimes. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Buzz. Great to see you. Thanks for having me. I hope you had a happy Mother's Day. I did. It was great. Let's dig into it. (laughs) How about this? Let's talk a little bit about Mother's Day in general. Okay. Let's leave the, you know, because you're borderline podcast crimes are you know pretty they're pretty hard they're pretty dramatic and, yeah you know you deal with serious crimes so let's let's keep this one light and we'll come back and talk about the podcast okay but the podcast is available 
already, right? It is. It is available. All right. Well, what'd you get for Mother's Day? <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a really nice picture frame from my son, handmade. And make it like in shop class or? Yeah, in, in, in elementary shop class. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really nice. So it, he's like, lift it up, lift it up. Because it was a clipboard type and had his picture in it. And then I, I lifted up the picture and he had hand painted, I love you on it. Oh, So it was sweet. That's yeah. adorable. Yeah. And my daughter gave me a card and it had coupons of, you know, do I'll do this and I'll do that. So Oh, like handmade coupons mm-hmm. for chores. Yes. That's not bad. No, it's not bad. But she should be doing her chores anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie, she didn't put extra chores. She put ones that she, she does already anyway. <laughs> no, it was what was actually really sweet is that it's like I will I will massage your feet, I will stroke Aww. your arm. Yeah. I'll stroke your arm. <laughs> yes. Hey, I'm cashing in that arm stroke. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm all about it. Like just I'll, if I put my arm out and you start stroking it, I'll stay there like a cat. It's just like <laughs> Nico, what did you do for your mom since you were trying to shame me all week? Oh, no. About not calling my I mother enough. I was shaming you because his mom lives in Oklahoma. Right. Where there's like tornadoes and floods going on. And in the news, I kept bringing it up. And I was like, oh, you talked to her? And he's like, I'm sure she's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would have heard about it. I'm sure she's fine. That's the fine. only thing I was shaming you about. But you know what? My my mom, um, uh, she she came over the day before. So uh, we hung out at my, my house on Saturday. Oh, really? Yeah. What had to be fixed at your house that your mom came over? Nothing had to be fixed. What? Nothing. Your nothing. mom fixes your house? No, not even. It was just, We were just hanging out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That there was some issue with your air conditioning or something. That was Friday. Oh, that you was Friday. You made your mom fix your air conditioning? No, no, I didn't make, No, not at all. They're installing air conditioning at, at my house. And so when I was here, my, my mom and my dad were over there. So I didn't have a chance to go it's there. It's his parents' rental house. Oh. Yeah, so they have. <laughs> so they're your land, your property managers, and you and called them landlords. up like, Happy Mother's Day. By the way, this needs to be this fixed. This needs to be fixed. Um, <laughs> That's well, I don't, I don't want to complain to the housing <laughs> authority. <Right. laughs> I tried to get out of him, like, if he's paying anything. He said, yes, I'm definitely paying something. Of course I'm and paying And I couldn't things. get him to confirm if it was more or less than $100 a month. To, <gasps> no, because you're trying to get into money things on air. I'm like, why are you doing this? Like, oh, my gosh. Oh, I thought this was like an off-air conversation. No, you were, you were doing this on air. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that. We are straying away from Stephanie's beautiful Mother's Day. Yeah, okay. seriously. Okay. She's Breakfast like, in bed? No, no breakfast in bed this time. I got this it once. Time. I okay. got it last time, so that was nice. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Like, we didn't have any money. The money we did have, we spent on marbles and comic books and oh yeah stuff. How did what did what did you, what, what did the you, hell did yeah. I ever get my mom for Mother's Day? It's, well, when you're real little as a kid, they have you make something in kindergarten or mm-hmm. first grade, and those are the best. I, I got to think those really are the nice. things your mom's really going to keep. I'm so Forever. grateful to teachers for doing that because it teaches kids. It reminds kids, like, this is your mom's day. We're going to make something nice. And so it is really hard. But then they, they cut it off at some point, at, right? Yeah, I think after elementary school, it, they're like, all right. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't imagine middle school teachers bringing doing stuff that. home. Mm-mm. Wine? What if, you're, what if your kids got you wine? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'd wonder how they bought it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good I don't friend. know. I called my mom and I said, look. I you know because I I could get something ordered or delivered or whatever, but mm-hmm. her her position is like I pay for all her phone. You know mm-hmm. she's just on my plan, so right. she's 
Christmas. That covers Christmas, my birthday, and Mother's Day all together. Oh, my goodness. I love your impersonation of your mom. And it's exactly how she sounds. Really? Yeah. It's adorable. Man. <laughs> and she's like, I might have to get a hotel. <laughs> I'm like, Buzz, the least you could do is look into hotels for her, at least. Nah, she's she's adult capable. What do you mean? She's like 80. She's in her 80s. You should help her. 86. <laughs> but it w- you know what? But it would be nice if you if you said, you know what? Um, I found you a hotel. Right. That would have been like... It turned out she didn't need it, so... <laughs> and... But they have like a pool and... You didn't need to do that. You don't know the hotels in Oklahoma. <laughs> they definitely do not have <laughs> But of course, moms are always going to say you didn't have to do They're that. They're always going to say that. That's yeah. right. Oh, I, I want to do this is usually what moms say. It's fine. But you got to do it. <laughs> I guess we just never were... Very big on the whole gift giving. I mean, sure, gifts were exchanged when we were kids. We loved getting Christmas gifts. And well, stuff, your gift but... to her was going to Sunday school and church every day. Oh, oh my God! If I asked her what can I do, she would. Here's what she. Oh, would say. I, I get it. If you would take your daughter and go to church <laughs> on Sunday, that would be the best gift you could give. Oh, did she ask what? you to take your daughter? And did you? Of course he didn't. Well, she doesn't live here, so you could just say you did. Then you're lying to your mom on Mother's Day. Because <laughs> I thought of that. He chose not to call her on Easter because he didn't want to lie to her because he knew she would ask if he went to church. So he calls her the day before Easter to say Happy Easter. So she asks, are you going to go to church? He'll say, yeah. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that's what we're looking at, for sure. <laughs> Talk to you in a week. <laughs> and oh she my totally God. not forgot about it. Of course not. Moms who want their children's souls to be saved rarely <laughs> forget that they it's have expectations. And a lot it's of people might be listening late. like, why Why does it matter so much to her? Church. Well, well, like, be- I think because they're... Because of they hell. Sympathize. Because of, yeah, <laughs> of hell. The alternative is worse, is what they say. Yeah, but I, I look at it as a loophole. What's the loophole? So in in the Protestant religion, like once you've been saved, you're going to heaven no matter what. Oh. So I'm like, I'm already in. Really? Why do I got to blow my Sundays? I only get two <laughs> days of the week off. <laughs> so and you're in. It's not like Catholicism where you have you to can constantly get un, repent. You can get unsaved and end up not going to heaven in well, Catholicism. You, that's what. Confession is for right. you have yeah. to constantly cleanse your soul of all your really sins. yeah. Like yeah. if you die with all that without confess, oh, that's why it's in like movies a shower. like get the priest, he's about to yes. kick the bucket, and then yes. he, they unload everything. Yeah, and, and then the no, Sopranos no, no. are always in the confessionals, and she's always like trying to confess because you know she knows she's, that some you mean Carmela, yeah, Carmela knew. <laughs> also, she had the hots for that priest this too. Is, oh, so weird. <laughs> no, there's a really interesting loophole i would say in the protestant religion is like if you confess your faith in jesus and everything even if you do it at the age of 12 you're good I think you could become th- a serial killer and guess what you're still in why aren't protestants pushing that more? right that should be in their brochure <laughs> their, their literature <laughs> their brochure 
sure, yeah. Well, there's supposed to be a thing where it's like, oh well, God. if you didn't really mean it, then it doesn't count. But it's like, no, no, I was, when I was like 12, I was really afraid of all the hell and everything. So at the time, I really meant it. You can't hold 50 year old me to the same standard that, I mean, well, I guess you do hold me to the same standard. It's like, I, I got grandfathered in on that. <laughs> the other loophole is mm. deathbed confession. I think that works for Catholics as well. Right. It does. Yeah, it's right? the you anointing can, of the sick. That's what it's called. Even if you were like the worst person who ever lived, I guess on your deathbed. Give me a priest. You could repent all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Golden yep. ticket into the pearly gates. Is it's, that right? It's, yeah, yeah, you it's have the, to really be sorry. Mm-hmm. It's it's the allegory now, of the do prodigal you have to, son. Do you have to confess everything like what if you forget i i think i remembered all the guys i whacked for the mob but Mm. i might be forgetting a couple well you may forget but god doesn't yeah so when you do a death but i'm asking about a deathbed confession when you make a deathbed confession do you have to itemize it or it could be be just a general thing the priest is like anything else anything else "Mm, i think i think that's it let's Mm, go back to the book can you put me down for two more guys yeah i killed I, I rounded up. Yeah. You know what? I think it was like around 30, but let's just make it 40 since you're going to absolve me safe. anyway. Just to be safe. Yeah. I want to I skip purgatory. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, I, but in confession. Catholics have purgatory. Have yeah. purgatory. No purgatory. is one or the other. Yeah. In the Protestant, I, mm. I would assume most Protestant religions. In confession, though, don't you have to uh, do your Hail Marys and your Our Fathers to, to kind of pay off that mm-hmm. that. So, if you're on a deathbed, how much time do you get to do all that? That's why you have a, a priest right there to tell you, like, hey, you're dying already. You just and need one you Our Father. Your... Yeah. I wonder how... I don't know. I've never been never you been know. in there. You've never been on a deathbed confessional? <laughs> no. Never been witness. Never been on the receiving end of the deathbed confessional. Okay. It sounds like you're pretty Catholic, though, Stephanie. I was raised Catholic. Okay. Oh, I know Hypothetically, things. if you're a Catholic and you're fighting in a war... <laughs> and you get shot and you die before you can confess. Mm. Are you screwed or is there That's a, do they make purgatory. any kind of ex- That's what purgatory is. Oh, you do time in purgatory. How bad is purgatory? You do time slightly less. Well, I mean, it's, slightly it's, less bad than it's pumped. you and a bunch of unbaptized babies too. Well, and, that's and where it, the unbaptized babies go. That's right. And it, that doesn't sound so bad. And according to Don, if babies can take it. I can take it. Oh my god! You getting into Dante? Yeah. I can tell you all about Dante. Yeah, well, remember Dante was saying, you know, and anybody who was born before Jesus... They're all in, in purgatory. Catholic, in Christianity, yeah, they're all in purgatory. Right, too. that's why his guide was Virgil, mm-hmm. the Greek poet. Yes. <laughs> okay. You're just going to show off. Are we going to start... Is this our... This is our weekly book club. You're right. He was the most righteous of all the heathens. <laughs> <laughs> the poets knew things, but they didn't know enough... Oh, man, but... So he was in purgatory the whole time when it was like people up to their necks in, in human excrement and no, stuff? I that think, was hell or that no, was purgatory? No, it started with purgatory and then there were levels. The, the, right, once you got into the stuff where you're pushing a giant boulder up to the top of a hill just for it to roll back again, yeah. you're in hell at that point? Yeah, I think because there were l- There's levels level. of hell. It's like Drake said. <clears throat> oh. What did Drake say? There's levels to this. Oh, yeah. okay. Did so, he really just say there's levels to this? Well, he uses a, a curse word, but yeah. Oh, I don't. I need to. I said Drake, not Dante. Um, it's a rap. Well, song. if this is Wordle, you would have had the first and last. <laughs> <laughs> and the, and the A letters, would have been yellow. Five letters in all of them. All right. So this was uh, 
actually got pretty deep there for a second for our lighthearted <laughs> talk, right? Yeah. We're talking about my plans for the afterlife. This is what I do. Hell, I'm sorry. I guess. I, I start things light and then I just get real serious. I can't help it. I'm sorry. Hey, do, do your kids listen to your podcast? My daughter started listening to my podcast. And how do you feel about that? Since it is a pretty heavy it is, crime and, podcast. And I told her, are you, are you sure? And she's like, oh, it's fine. Like, I... I she, I don't know. She says she's fine with it. She finds it very interesting. Oh, cool. Yeah. True, so. cr- true crime. Is she into the tr- whole genre, I guess? Or is this just her first This is her f- introduction As far to as it. I know, because she'll see like little videos pop up on TikTok. And, but this is, she's like, yeah, I, I wanted to listen to, to Wait, your Wait, but they podcast. have TikTok videos about true crime? Yes. Yeah, sure. They have TikTok videos about everything. It's really, and, I'm, and I Aren't wish people like could see my face. I'm, just, I'm kind of disturbed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are. But. I mean, you can find anything on TikTok. Oh, that's really interesting. It is. Since you've started doing uh, the Borderline Crimes podcast, do you find yourself listening to more podcasts, or did you already listen to... I already listen to a lot of podcasts. A lot of true crime? Yeah, I listen to about... I, I do about two or three different true crime podcasts. I don't want you to... We're here to talk about your podcast. Oh, well, that's the cool part, is it's border... Uh, a true crime. Right, they're all local. Local true crime yeah. stories, so. Maybe only one has reached, one or two have reached a level, one or two episodes that I've covered have reached a level where they were covered in different podcasts or um, stories, like on Discovery. Wow, wow. So, a lot of them have to do with, with our area. All right. And the area extending, I think, like, maybe the most distant one you've done is 70 miles away like the, yeah i mean i've done las cruces or i've gone down to the massacre yeah. yeah that one yeah which was you know down in the valley all right so we're going to come back borderland crimes podcast we're going to find out what case we're reviewing there it's uh it doesn't go back that many years and there's still yeah. family members waiting for some kind of closure right some uh, resolution so we're going to come back and talk about it where can people find your Borderland Crimes podcast, Stephanie? Anywhere you listen to podcasts and on kvia.com slash borderland hyphen crimes hyphen podcast. Right. I'm always like dash. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's take a break. We'll come back and find all about uh, this week's Borderland Crime podcast subject right after this. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Stephanie Faye is here from our news partners, ABC7. Hello. And you can find the uh, Borderland Crimes podcast at kvia.com or wherever you get your podcast. And this is the 13th episode of Borderland Crimes. Yeah. Stephanie, let's talk about which crime. Again, it is a uh, it's murder. Right. Which it most, is a murder. most of them are capital cases that we're dealing with. Yes. Um, this one is a capital murder case. So on May 7th of 2017, um, a man by the name of Tyler Croak, who was a, an Army vet, um, he had been stationed here at Fort Bliss. Combat um, veteran. Combat vet from Afghanistan. He was stationed here. He was staying at a friend's apartment. Um, and he was ambushed by four men, pulled out of the shower, held at knife and, and gunpoint, and threatened, um, and then killed. So the police ended up finding the people later on. At least they were some all of the people were, were soldiers as well. Right. right. So some of them were soldiers. Some of them had been former soldiers. Um, and the whole reason I, I wanted to bring up that they were arrested and killed is is that, or that they were arrested and they're captured. There's Three of them are still in the El Paso County Jail. And they have not had their cases before a judge in five years. 
Two of them have been sentenced, one of them life in prison, one of them life in prison with the possibility of parole. So three of the five who were arrested and charged with this murder are still awaiting their time before a judge. And yes, the pandemic played into that, but there are some other issues that have come up. And that is what I focused on in in the podcast. And uh, Taylor Croak's family, where are they from? So Tyler Croak's family is from Virginia. So they found out through a phone call from an El Paso police detective that he had been murdered. Um, They were worried about their son because he had been in El Paso since 2014. um, And then over that time until his death, he had gotten into drugs Um, they knew he had gotten into drugs. They obviously were not happy about it. Um, but there wasn't a lot they could do. He was hundreds, if not thousands of miles away. And then, um, he ended up dealing drugs and that's where he ended up running into these people who ultimately were charged with his murder. They said that he owed them money on pills or drugs that he had been selling and, So when they decided to go after him, they're like, we're going to go after him because he owes us money. And then they ended up killing him for like a bag of pills. Killing him over it. Right. Oh, my God. As you were laying out the details of the case, I, you know, your mind starts running through scenarios and you're thinking, well, he was involved in some bad stuff with some bad people. And, you know, drugs are one of the things that that comes to mind. In right. Like that. And that's the thing is that a lot of the times, you know, people will get mixed up in things that put them in, in contact with unsavory people. Um, but I spoke with his mom and his uh, dad and two of his siblings. He was um, the oldest of four. And his sister, I think, put it really eloquently. She said, you know, um, we see a lot of comments. Oh, just another wash up. Um, and he wasn't a wash up. She said he, he, had gotten involved with drugs, but that didn't mean that he was asking to be murdered and it didn't mean that he deserved right. to die the way he did. So I think they're constantly battling the stigma that drugs puts on to people who get involved with with them, you know. So it is unfortunate that, you know, he wasn't I, I think I think a lot of people will find it hard to sympathize with someone who does drugs. Pe- people will say well, you were you are asking for it. The deserve it. Yeah, for I, it. I mean, the, the harsh it. version of it right. is, oh, good, we got rid of a drug. You know, let drug dealers kill off other drug dealers, which seems like really heartless. Did mm-hmm. his, did Tyler Croak's uh, problems with drugs start after his combat service? Right, and that's what his family is saying is that they were concerned about him because he when he back. came back, you know, he had been in combat in Afghanistan. He, they knew he had gotten hurt over there. He was in some kind of car crash in Afghanistan in a tank or something. And he also had seen friends die. So they they were frustrated because they knew that he had been possibly dealing with post-traumatic stress. And he also had um, been dealing with insomnia. And so they think that he might have been trying to self-medicate. Yep. That would be a very common experience for service members not only from Afghanistan, but, you know, going back to previous conflicts, too. Right. And so, of course, it's it's one of those things where, you know, these people sign up of their own volition to serve in the military. 
And then they felt like, you know, he wasn't being cared for by the army because he ends up falling into these things. He's he's required to, you know, show up on time and do all these things, but no one is helping him get there. So and then, of course, like I said, they're in Virginia. Um, Did he have any kind of support system in El Paso? Was he pretty much on his own in El I Paso? Think and he didn't have family here, but he had friends here. And yeah. I've heard from a few of them um, who were grateful to me for telling his story and saying, you know, my my husband was friends or my, you know, we, we knew him very well. He was my neighbor and he was a nice guy. So there are people who are saying that, you know, they knew him and they cared about him. But unfortunately, unless you know that you need help, people don't reach out for help unless, you know, they don't get help unless they reach out for help themselves. Stephanie, was he ambushed in the shower? Yeah, yes. this was, he was taking a shower when, when he was pulled out of the shower right. by these, by these, what was it, five, four there people, were, five so people? So five people organized it. Um, they, they all, so Stephanie Fernandez was, um, she was the driver. She told them where to find Tyler. She laid out his apartment and where he was staying in the apartment with this friend who he had met in the military. Now, is and, she one of the people that's been charged or sentenced? And she was charged, yes, and sentenced. She As, was the first one to be charged. Uh, she was, or to go to court. She for, pleaded did, not guilty and was sentenced. Did she get charged for the capital murder? Yes, all five of them were charged with capital oh, murder. Oh, okay. Right. But um, she was sentenced to life in prison. So she's currently in prison um, without the possibility of parole. And some of the other five, were they in the military as well? Yes. So, in fact, one of their mugshots, he is in his fatigues. And there's another, I think, the other two of them who were in the military as well. Wow. So, um, but they had been discharged for, I think one of them had um, been also doing or dealing drugs. And so that was something that had gotten him kicked out of the military and as Tyler, well. Tyler Croak, was he... Active in the active duty military at that time that the he, murder took place or already out? He had been discharged from the military one week before, and it's because he wow. had tested positive on a drug test. So they discharged him and demoted his rank. And so he was moving off and out of the barracks or out of off of post. That's and how he, he ends asked up to live showering with a friend. in a friend's house. Right. Got it. And so did, did they uh, kill him immediately after ambushing him in the shower, or did they... So from what I got from um, accounts from from the Stephanie Fernandez, who was the driver, she told police that they went in there, they ambushed and pulled him out, said, um, you know, get us your drugs. And he went and got drugs. They were There was a struggle, and um, two of them stabbed him in the neck. Oh, my gosh. So that's, it was, it's pretty vicious, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, those were not his only injuries. And when the police went into the apartment, because they were called to the apartment complex, which is on the east side, by a woman who said she heard something in the apartment behind hers and she could hear a man pleading for his life. Right. I mean, it's pretty horrific, you know, waking up at one in the morning and you hear this going on. Absolutely. So when the police arrived, they found what looked like a major brawl and they found Tyler dead. Uh, so I guess it's frustrating for the family that uh, they haven't got around to putting these others on on trial, I don't right. know if there's going to be a there's going to be a trial. Well, you would imagine point. so, right. unless then there's a plea. Five years. Was it the pandemic right. that kind of pushed a lot of these uh, trials back? Or? So that's what I that's what I get into into the podcast because um, there were, like I said, five defendants. It's going to take forever to to get through. So they got through two defendants by 2019, um, but 
by the end of 2019, there was still no trial. Um, then we ended up having an election for the district attorney's office in 2020 um, during the pandemic. So the pandemic stopped trials, and then we had an election for a DA. So that changes all the attorneys who were handling the case. And then um, the other issue is that these remaining three defendants are in, uh, they have their cases in the 168th District Court, which is Judge Marcos Lizarraga, and he has had some issues of his own um, dealing with the case that he's now being investigated for judicial misconduct by the state. So the family is concerned because they're wondering if that's going to affect their son's case, and they're also wondering what's going to happen with the DA because the DA has changed. Mm-hmm. The person handling their wow. case is no longer in the office. Is Is there at least some... Uh, is it some consolation to the family at least? Well, they're not out walking around. Have I mean, they are, they're incarcerated. There and they've is, been incarcerated all this time. There is some consolation for that. But at the same time, every time that this, you know, they go to court, you're, have, you're reopening wounds. So they're, they're dealing with knowing that there are three people who are still in jail. They have not, they don't know what's going to happen to them. They didn't want a plea deal because once you have a plea deal, that takes life in prison without the possibility of parole off the table. And then you end up having Who, who parole. didn't want the plea, plea the, deal? The family. The family did not want a plea the deal. The family did not want any plea deals. That's what they told me. Because can the family make that decision? They can ask the DA to As not. As a request. Right. But it's ultimately up to the DA and what they think will happen. And the DA... I, I guess has complied with the request so far. Well, at this point, or there's no plea that I mean, nobody's no, pled. Nothing has happened at this point with these last three cases. There was a plea deal reached in one of the cases, and um, it's actually it's really interesting um, because um, Zachary Johnson is the only one who got a plea deal, and he reached a plea deal in 2019 before the pandemic, and. Um, they reached a plea deal. They what said, okay, you're going to get life in prison with the possibility of parole after 25, 30 years. He walks into the courtroom for his sentencing with these two black eyes. Um, black he, eyes. Black two eyes. black eyes. Two black eyes. Okay. Um, and he also looked vastly different from the mugshot we had seen. He was a former soldier. He... Um, you know, it was fairly clean cut, but he walks in with his head shaved. He has a tattoo over his right eyebrow, um, full, covered with tattoos, and these two black eyes that are so swollen you could barely see his pupils. What uh, happened? Apparently, he had gotten into a fight with a detention officer at the El Paso County Jail maybe a day or two before his sentencing. Um, the jail officer, according to records, had gone in to do a cell check and According to the the records, he yelled, you can't come into my house, and then swung at him with a coffee pot, and then was restrained. Okay, and that's where he got the injuries. That's where Man, he got- it's so sad. I'm, I'm on the website, uh, KVIA, kvia.com, Borderlands Crime Podcast, and the you have pictures of Tyler Croak and his family. Right. There's like these old childhood photos, and it looks just like the typical American, all-American family during Christmas. And, and that's the thing is... Um, what I really like doing about these podcasts, if you can like anything about, you know, talking about these, is that you, when I talk to the families, um, his mom in particular, she was like, I haven't really looked at these pictures. We haven't really talked about what's happened because it's been so hard. But, you know, he was just a regular kid. He was the oldest of four. He, um, his siblings absolutely adored him. I, I, I spoke to them separately and they were both like, 
he always kept us in line. He was the one that pushed us to be better, that tried to set, you know, standards for us. They looked up to him. They they say that him and his influence in their life made them who they are. And whether that came in his life or in his death, they attribute everything to him. They're just very, they were very devoted and they were very tight. Do you get any uh, interviews on air with any of the folks that you talk to? Or on air, I mean on the podcast. I spoke to um, four of his family members, um, two of his siblings, his parents. I also spoke to the attorneys who are handling the the remaining cases. And um, that those are the people that we hear from in this in this case. You can uh, find out more about the murder of Tyler Croak in 2017. Right on the most recent Borderland Crimes podcast. Uh, real quick, just to change it up, but still in the area of crime, uh, the thing that Joanna and I are really into are this prisoner and a guard that, is, that helped him escape. Have you heard oh. about that one in Mississippi? Yes. You following that? Casey and Vicki White. No relation. No relation. <laughs> they just happened to share a last name. That's what they bonded over. <laughs> so she's like 56 and he's 38. And they were the descriptions are so unfair because they, they're describing him. He's six foot nine. Wow. So he really stand out in a crowd. Yeah. And then they detail, you know, his tattoos because he's got a lot of tattoos. And then with her, I feel like she's getting a real short in the stick here because they keep putting like what she'd look like with different wigs. What? Like if she cut her hair or if she changed her hair color. Mm-hmm. And also they describe her walk as a waddling gait. Oh my. Which seems very unflattering. It does. I mean, how did the guy walk? All you said was he's got tattoos and he's six foot nine. Yeah. But they yeah. had to describe this woman as with a waddling gait. Yeah. Without uh, yeah, I guess that's how you avoid saying other things. Uh, oh, physical all right. appearance. I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah, I probably had at some point. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Stephanie, for coming by. Thank you, Buzz. All right. We'll see you when the next podcast comes around. Yes, all in right. a few months. Thank okay. you so much. Take a break uh, for a day. We'll be back uh, tomorrow at 6 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought take it was a regular break. break. We're going to take a break for 20 hours. <laughs> and then we'll be back right after this.